right. Um, oh, now it's started. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Well, how are you guys doing out there? This is Dane Owls with Wrestling Geeks Alliance. We have an episode for you today. Um, basically, just to give you guys a heads up, two things within the future. One, we're going to find a different service than Skype to record our stuff because they have been messing us up a lot lately, including if you guys get a little bit of audio before my introduction, that's why it's there. So uh, that's one thing. And the second thing is me and Chris are both extremely busy. We love talking about wrestling, but a lot of times when we do these shows, it ends up with us just reiterating and we can't even in- go in depth into a lot of things because it ends up being a three to four hour podcast. So I think going forward, we're going to cover a lot of the big events, usually review or preview them. Uh, but the, the weekly to weekly stuff, we'll bring up events, obviously new stuff, but do it in a more free form style. And this will be the first time we kind of implement that um, going forward today. This one's different, but that's because it's a Saudi Arabian pay-per-view with WWE so it's during the daytime. We did a watch along last time. So we're going to provide that for you today and uh, just talk about a lot of stuff. We got stuff involving Ric Flair, the nature boy. We got stuff involving everything. And we will kind of have a wonderful conversation back and forth between me and Chris and also talk about some horror movies we might have watched. But I couldn't do the show without me. Of course, joining me while we wait for the network to start up with the program. Christopher Brother Ray Pato. <laughs> How's it going, Dane? How you been, buddy? I've been doing good, man. Great spooky season. Um, just uh, enjoying wrestling and horror movies. Uh, pretty much like normal. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's, that's just like our normal week. It's spooky season all the time here. Oh man! So, uh, what all did you watch? Did you watch anything? Uh, anything interesting? Um, yeah. I mean, there's so many movies. I'll just say that if people haven't um, given Shutter, S U or S H U D D E R, if you're not uh, familiar with the application, try it out. It's like six bucks. Just try it out for a month. They have a lot of great content. They have a lot of past um, horror movies, but it's all about horror. But their originals and the stuff that they're producing have become the talk of the town, I would think. Um, mainly because of two movies that I really want to talk about. Just just in details, but When Evil Lurks, which is my number one horror movie of this year. And then Hell House Origins, um, which is a part of the Hell House LLC uh, series. Um, you know, just great stuff. Um I'm I'm kind of stumbled because I just realized they're starting their fucking pre-show at noon and not the actual damn show. So I guess we'll have a lot to talk about while this is going on until the thing starts up. <laughs> but uh, I'll get back into details about those horror movies. But uh, Chris, uh, name some stuff that really stuck out to you that you've been watching uh, for the last uh, month of October. So funny enough, like the only new thing I watched was that Five Nights at Freddy's, which it's kind of, you know, it's based around the video game. Uh, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun little film. Definitely like a good introduction to horror for someone that's maybe not necessarily super into the genre. 
and then I stuck with a lot of older films. I watched uh, all of the Child's Play, uh, one, two, and three. I did not get into the Chucky series just because Peacock, for some reason, skips like a film, which I can't. It, I wasn't going to pay to watch it in between, and I can't like watch things out of sequence like that. Uh, it drives me crazy. We watched uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1, 2, and 3, which was good. Uh, I watched a fuck ton of Puppet Master for God knows why, but I, I, <laughs> I started at the original, and uh, Tubi has that whole series, so it just kept auto-playing while I was working. So I got up to like uh, Puppet Master versus the Demonic Toys, which is like a really weird fucking movie if you've never seen it. It's got Corey Feldman's in it as an as a dad, which is <laughs> it's, it's as strange as it sounds. Um, but yeah, I got off on that Child's Play kick because I went to the Atlanta Puppet Museum and they had the new puppet the animatronic from the tv show there on display and they showed uh child's play on the big screen in their little theater room so we got to check that out that was a lot of fun and uh as far as like other things i did i went to see casket creatures at sweetwater bar and grill in duluth and uh dressed up like mick foley for halloween won a costume contest so that was that was good that was a bar tab 300 bucks Hell yeah, man. That's always good when you can find stuff like that, you know? Um you get you get a little bit of a little bit of money for having a badass costume. I'm 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 happy for you, and I'm sure Mick would be happy too. Can you do somewhat of like a a, a mankind Mick Foley style like voice? Like the, the type of things, you know, like that weird shit that he does? Were you able to provide that? <laughs> not, not really. I think I can just do the have a nice day. And that's pretty much that's pretty much the only one I got down because his promos were, uh, I don't know, very, like, way more detailed than you remember when you go back and watch him, especially, like, the uh, the stuff with Jim Ross kind of breaking his character out or his ECW promos or uh, even his early Cactus Jack promos when he was – do you remember the family promos from early WCW? Yeah. And you get a lot of, like, what you get from Raven and Bray Wyatt, but – uh. It, like a different take on it. And he does that like high pitched breathy voice. Very Terry Funk esque. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Love fully. Glad that you uh, won that contest and you looked awesome uh, from the picture you sent me. So, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It's always a good time. Anyone that lives in Georgia, if you haven't ever seen them and you're looking for something to do around the spooky season, casket creatures are always a good time. They usually put together a good little, if you like horror punk, a good show with some other bands like similar bands. It's always a, a fun thing to do. It was actually a little dead. I was kind of surprised. There was like only 40 people out this year, but they uh, <clears throat> they were doing three shows back to back. So I think they kind of just like split their audience a little bit, like one in Atlanta, one in uh, Duluth, and then one in Gainesville. So you kind of have like pick and choose which one you want to go to. Yeah, no, dude, no, I love horror punk too. Did they do any? Um, I hate to say this, but it's kind of like just because of my. Did they do any Misfits cover, um, for the night at all? <laughs> uh, they didn't, but they they used to like a long time. I mean, they've actually opened for the Misfits before. Uh, oh, that's awesome. But yeah, no, they didn't do any Misfits covers at this point. They have like you know four or five albums and kind of like a cult 
following. So they kind of played mostly their own shit. They did cover uh, underneath the uh, God, it's not something in the way the Nirvana song, which was kind of out of nowhere, but kind of cool because it's not what you would expect. <laughs> really, that's awesome. Uh, and they were dressed up like uh, we had Mario, Luigi, Wario. And Princess Peach on stage. Oh, and uh, uh, Bowser, which was pretty, <laughs> it's just pretty great. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Um, I just, I, I love that scene. I know that they're great. Um, I remember them from back when I was going to Sweetwater, probably like 10 years ago. Um, and I just love the horror punk, like cult followings that a lot of these bands have, like the Jasons. If anyone's ever heard them, they're great. Definitely check out Cask Creatures. And uh, a friend of ours, uh, a hoax of a dude, if you will, Mikey O'Rourke, about to come out with a new album, I think in December, for 52 Ways, which is another uh, nice little horror punk from this area in Atlanta. But uh, good stuff, man. Uh, that, that seems like a lot of fun. I went to a party and got so drunk that I just danced a thriller in front of the television by myself. And it's on video. So. <laughs> oh, man. That's uh, that's great. Um, I'm actually for work. We're doing a. I'm gonna slaughter how you pronounce this. Uh, Diwali. There's a Diwali celebration. Uh, it's like an Indian celebration, traditional. So I've been doing these as a team. We've been learning these Bollywood dances, like on our lunch break for this celebration. So I, I've, I have too been doing dancing, but under more sober. <laughs> sober uh sober conditions i guess yeah i I didn't look bad i I gotta admit you know i still had the moves even though i was very a few cocktails i had some um apple flavored jack daniels so i'll just say that was a terrible idea but um you know it was like a one-two punch like when kevin owens punched the shit out of uh austin theory and uh grayson waller (laughs) <laughs> on SmackDown people, last week. People were, people were complaining about that online because it was like so goofy, but I was like, I fucking loved it. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> that was He warned them, and the punch looked great. Both guys sold it, and they're both douchebag heels. So it was it – was, uh, I thought it was great. I, I think this new run with Kevin Owens is going to be a lot of fun going forward on SmackDown. They got so much in their arsenal on both shows, though. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and they're, you know, we're still waiting for Cody to beat Roman so we can move on to the next thing. So we got this kind of like log jam here at the, to- at the top of the card. Um, I guess this was confirmation that Kevin Owens is a babyface for sure, though, because he uh, he made a promise and he kept it. That's like <laughs> that's like a guarantee that you're a babyface in wrestling. Well, if he ends up murdering someone in the next couple of weeks, I'm not going to also hold that against him because. KO is kind of like the big show. It's, but he does it, I think, it better because it's more stretched out. But he can go from babyface to heel, kind of like that, you know. But I could see him pop up power bombing someone on the apron at some point. That's all. Sammy's not around, so he's safe. It's kind of crazy to think about. Just like a few years ago, before he resigned, like there was a, a lot of rumors that he was going to end up in AEW. Him and Sammy both, and. Uh, him coming out and just basically being like, no, this is like going to be my forever home um, was surprising, but it's worked out for him. I mean, he had the, he's had that great run since coming back with Sammy and the tag champions. And he's been focused, like focused on on TV quite a bit. Uh, the biggest problem, you know, right now with WWE is just you. Like I said, you got kind of a log jam at the top with Roman 
Not that it's been a problem, though, because the show's been doing really well, and it's some of the most entertaining stuff has been with the Bloodline, so it's kind of hard to complain about. But you do get kind of some of the mid mid to top level guys like Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn and uh, your Bobby Lashleys of the world that are kind of stuck with not a whole lot to do. Yeah, it's like they got to go for Seth, basically, or that title, because the other one's kind of held up and obviously that title that Roman has, I would say is the most prestigious title. And honestly, even though I think Seth has been having great matches, I kind of am starting to put the IC title uh, with regards of prestigiousness on Gunther, even ahead of the world title. Is that crazy to say? Like not Roman's WWE title, but, but Seth's world title. Chris, on my end, unfortunately, I can't hear you. This is why I love Skype. No, yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think that title has become a little more prestigious simply because of the streak he's been on, right? Just what, what four hundred days, and then you throw in the quality of matches he's given us. Um, it does kind of overshadow the God. Do, what do they call it? Is it the World Heavyweight Title on Raw? Whatever Seth's yeah. belt is. <laughs> I don't care what the hell it's one's it, it's a, it's the world title in the WWE. It's the same thing. They just have to give it fancier names. It's so stupid, but whatever. I'm not going to get into that whole thing, but yeah, it just Gunther seems to be holding that down. Oh, uh, on a different level, but I, I love the stuff lately. I, I love the opponents that have been chosen, you know, between Chad Gable um, up to now where, where the Miz actually, Let's talk about that for Raw, because when it came to a promo night, man, Cody's promo, Sammy's promo to start off the show, Miz's promo towards Gunther, people were on their A-game, man. And, um, you know, it's about selling fights. Like, obviously, you can have great matches on these weekly shows, but to get people more immersed and to have some of the best people on the mic including like we're looking at the screen right now, John Cena, who had a great promo off with, with uh, Solo Sokoa last night. Um, just a special time for that aspect, um, as well as good matches. But I'm, you know what I'm saying, basically. Like, Monday was like, God, you got some passionate people. Like, Sammy fucking killed it at the beginning of Raw. Yeah, it was great promos all around. That's one thing the WWE has been doing better. I, I don't know if it's just the guys that they have there now or if they've kind of given them a little bit more free range on what they're able to say. Um, maybe that's a Triple H effect type thing. But, yeah, it was a hell of a night for promos. The only one that like, – the only reason – the only one that really stood out is like I don't care is Miz, and that's because Miz hasn't won a match in like fucking two years. So. Yeah. It was just good to see Miz pump up a little bit, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he's constantly losing, so at the same time, it's kind of like, he's not going to beat Gunther, but if we can beef up Miz a little bit more, I don't think that's a bad thing either, because he's still someone they have on their roster that's a legend, that's good to work with other people, and like we always say about the Miz, safe-ass wrestler, never gets hurt, never hurts anyone, great on the mic, he's kind of just a utility guy. But, you know, if we can just put like maybe if he has a good match with Gunther and he actually has a little bit of offense and shows some 
some balls. I don't mind the idea of a baby face Miz, but I just don't think he'll ever. He's never. I, well, I mean, he won the title a couple of years ago against Bobby Lashley with a cash in. But other than that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it's going to it's going to get that that far for him. But like I said, what I what I get to is like you, you look like the Miz. They're trying to, like, get him up a little bit. They got Chad Gable back up way better in regards than he was beforehand. They keep on trying to elevate their mid card. Their tag, they're trying to get that back into prominence, you know, and definitely their heavyweight scene. So good all around to try to like, that's what the Attitude Era was. Everyone was known, even if you were a fucking jobber, great matches, you know, and everyone just looked threatening. So I just, I'm impressed with WWE. I, I, I will make the claim that it might not be to the level, but this is the best roster that we've seen in WWE, Chris. Since 2003, and then probably before that, 99. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's kind of hard to argue with that, but a lo- I think a lot of that just has to do with the booking is that good right now. Because, I mean, there was a lot of talented people on the roster even back then, right? Like you, your Billy Kidmans and, and uh, you know, of, of the world, for instance. Um but yeah, like I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of hard to to say just because of, I mean, when you're talking 2003, you have what Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, Undertaker, Kane, The Rock, uh, Steve Austin, kind of. That's the end of Steve Austin's run. I think you still have Mick Foley, Mankind, maybe Triple H. Yeah, Mick was commissioner. Triple H, uh, the beginning of John Cena. Like I think that that's when he started the. Uh, the Thugonomics persona. You had Randy at the beginning of his career too. Like a lot of the, the up and comers were really showing themselves, but that was to me, obviously the legends coming from the attitude era, but the big people, Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, Brock Lesnar, Chris Benoit, Jericho, they really made that transition of the attitude era into the ruthless aggression era. You know what I'm saying? 2003 was amazing. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's what I was thinking. I was like, God, that was like a fucking stacked roster. But their roster is really good now. So, yeah, it's hard to when you're it's having, hard to argue. When you're having uh, Brock Lesnar beat Hulk Hogan on a SmackDown because your roster's that badass, you know? <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's just something, you know? It's it's just crazy to go back and think about, you know, that to me that roster is actually better than the roster they had at the height of their run in the attitude era. So that, you know, when they were doing like 9 million people uh, a night on Monday night raw or whatever viewership, uh, the roster they had in 2003 is fucking stacked. Like pretty much everyone we named is in the hall of fame. (laughs) Like, or will be in the hall of fame. Like Brock hasn't, hasn't been inducted yet, but you you would think he's a shoe in. Oh yeah, no, definitely. It was just a really good time. And, like I said, I'm not that to me is the pinnacle. I would say 99's up there probably right afterwards, like the peak attitude era. Um I love 96, but that's kind of nostalgic. Um and probably 97 in WCW in terms of their uh you know, great roster they had then. And then before that it's, you know, 88, that whole entire chunk of people that were in WWE since we were kids, basically. 88 was a great time for WCW and WWF. 
with their rosters. So there's been great times. I'm not trying to say that this is better. I'm just saying that this is as impressive as a roster. This one can go down. And I'm not trying to discredit, you know, the reality era and the PG era. There were great rosters there too. I'm just saying that, I mean, we're seeing Logan Paul, who probably will win the U.S. title and go around and tell people that he is the champion of of, of America at fucking boxing events with it. You know, I mean, and he's a fucking celebrity. The celebrities are great. Pat McAfee, fucking um, Bad Bunny, you know, and, and, and then on top of it, all the superstars. And then on, on, on top of that, Chris, the potential coming from NXT how Ilya Dragunov and and um, and he had a fucking great uh, third match with Carmelo Hayes on NXT. Carmelo and and, and Braun Breaker, and you know we don't know what's going to happen with the bidding war of 2024. So there's a lot of potential to get even more beefed up over on the WWE. You know. Yeah, I, I heard that we got some more MJF teases on on that as well this week but i didn't get to see what he said i'm not quite sure um i guess we could probably look that up in the, in a second but yeah it just seems it's just it's just a weird concept that they're having their big show and having mjf put up his title in long island right before the new year starts and based on how tony treated jade cargill on the way out i'm just saying that doesn't mean I don't think – I think JF will probably just stay with AEW. He's doing great right now. But I don't know. That's that's kind of a strange thing. His hometown title match, that could easily be him putting someone else over and kind of finishing up with the company if that does happen. But then again, where the hell do you put him in WWE? Just against Cody at first or something? Make him just drop his ass and go back heel? I, if you're going to take the shot to bring in MJF, do you just have him win the Rumble? Because he'll ha- he'll That's be him. off TV. Yeah, you could set up him against Seth or whoever has that title at the time, too. I mean, you could literally just project him. To me personally, and like I said, I think he's going to stay with AEW. But if, if I'm fantasy booking, Chris, and you tell me if you like this idea, dude, MJF, you know, shows himself at wherever. But the raw, the, the raw, you know, after that, you got Cody that comes out, cuts a promo, MJF interrupts them, big hugs, everyone's happy about MJF being there, and then maybe they put him in a tag match at the end of the night. I know this is very old school, and MJF just fucks him over, and then we can have because I like MJF right now as his baby face. I mean. It's kind of what Piper and Flair had to do to of his idols is they became so popular. They were kind of switched. He's also compared to the rock who'd had the same exact, you know, kind of concept as well. But damn, if he fucks up Cody, I think people can get pissed off at MJF. And if you want to turn him baby face down the road, great. But I just love the idea of if that happened, go old school. What's Cody's biggest asset outside his wrestling ability? Him on the microphone. What do you do? You do the fucking Ricky Steamboat Macho Man thing. After he beats his ass up and whatever's going on, maybe he has like a new posse or whatever's holding it up. He's able to put Cody in a chair and slam his ass against one of the ring posts and take out his talking ability for the time being to build up something. Maybe that at Rumble or or, or whatever. I'm just throwing shit out there. But 
there's ways to get him to a heel unless they want him just to be a baby face. I just think that he, if he were to, if he were to go to WWE, Chris, he could be a really strong heel. Yeah, I mean, the, the the immediate thought that comes to mind, like I said, like you said, was would be a feud with Cody, right? So if he did come in, uh, even if you don't have him win the Rumble, he debuts at the Rumble, you'd build some back and forth with him and Cody, and then uh, he cost Cody the belt at Mania. The most heel shit you could do. Everyone's going to be oh, expecting God. Cody to win that title, right? So. Oh, oh God, people will be pissed. <laughs> but I mean, that's the shit. I mean, and, and, and we're joking around, but like talking about another thing. And we're going to talk about AEW. I think they've been doing some awesome stuff lately, too. Um, I'm looking forward to a lot of directions. But just WWE also, we don't know where the fuck Punk's going. And I have to say that a lot of the hints, even last night, I looked up and apparently I watched a video. He was on Bellator uh, doing a pay per view and commentating. And they kept on, the other guy kept on making references the punk that he was completely trying to deflect about both impact wrestling and also WWE. So that was kind of funny that that's still out there in the ether. Uh, what impacts doing right now, I think is awesome. I don't, I, I couldn't see punk go in there, but possibly, and anyone that's with the naysayers of like, they're not looking for him. WWE is not going to fucking tell anyone or try to get that information out regardless. And it is kind of fitting that Survivor Series, like we we know, the best, the next pay per view is in Chicago, and Punk was asked about that, and what was his answer? I think he said like, "Oh, I th- I think the events are already sold out. I don't know if I'll be able to get tickets for that." So, uh, just uh, just interesting stuff. What if, especially like, I don't, you didn't get a chance to watch the Impact uh, pay per view yet from last night. Will Osprey cut a big promo about where he's going, what he's doing, but how much. TNA and the fact that they're going back to that, you know, just reflecting on how much influence watching AJ Styles, his favorite match being Daniel Styles and, and Samoa Joe and how much that brand means to him. That brand would also keep it open that he could still work with AEW sometimes and New Japan and wherever he wants to go. So I guess the question I'm asking you, I didn't mean to direct it this way. It's I'm rambling because of fucking caffeine. So I apologize, Chris. Impact Wrestling. What the hell's going on there? Are they uh, they're going to TNA. They're having great matches. They have an incredible roster. Are they really trying to elevate the ECW level that they are right now here in the states of being the third big brand, if you will? Yeah, I, it seems that way, right? Like they're bringing in, they've been bringing in more talent. They've been doing more crossover events and shows. You like you just pointed out like will osprey has been on a little bit of a run there having a couple matches um it would be really cool if they could get like a cm punk or a will osprey when they relaunch here at the start of the year right that's what they're doing and beginning of 2024 they're rebranding completely going back to the six-sided ring so well actually scott uh let everyone know that they're not doing the six-sided ring mostly because the springboards that you do off of there, uh, based on the uh, the ropes themselves, uh, I guess they caused injury. You probably know better than I would. Um, so it's actually they're, – they're doing everything, I, even I think the old school set, but I don't think they're going to be – well, at least he said maybe for like a future retro episode, but like they're not – they're doing the normal four-sided rig, which I understand why. But I know why fans probably are pissed off about that that are TNA diehards. 
yeah, I mean, I liked TNA a lot during that time period, but I don't have like a hard affinity for the six-sided ring. There were a lot of people that got hurt. I mean, there's less space in the ropes, so the ropes are tighter. Um, not as much give, so I could see that you know potentially that could have caused more injuries. Though I can't think of one right offhand. Um, I, I, I would, you know, if they're going to bring it back, I would like to see it at like what Destination X or one of the X Division pay-per-views. I think that would be the time to bring it back. But just like as a gimmick, I don't know that it really matters. Uh, I just assumed that they were going to go back to it if they're going back to the original branding. But that's uh. Yeah, I don't I don't know that that matters as much. It, it kind of limits what you can do a little bit, um, except for the people that got really good at it, like AJ Styles and, you know, Amazing Red and Christopher Daniels. And I mean, that that set of X Division people that yeah. made that special. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that that necessarily is is a huge thing. But it, it's good that they're getting out in front of this stuff and trying to uh, establish themselves as a clear-cut third brand because you know mr billy corgan's got a fucking tv deal on cw now yeah um, and apparently um i don't know when all access their contract ends now beforehand i think it was a year ago scott of course was putting over the fact that they have a great relationship with them and they're a great home for impact but especially if they get those talent i mean if you get a chance to and that's the thing. If if you get someone, if you were to get someone like a punk, I think TV's stations are going to be interested. So I can't see them staying on all access if they do start upping everything. Um, and even if they start doing more bigger, a, a bit bigger arenas or getting more people at the, uh, the house shows and the actual live shows in attendance, you got to get that off of all access. I don't even have that fucking station on YouTube TV for Christ's sakes. <laughs> uh, I have it on UVerse or whatever. It's it's such a it's just such a weird channel because like, so Thursday nights they show th- their lineup is hey here's Impact and I think they show like uh one of the retro Impacts like they show on Pluto those like packages that they put together. Um, before the actual airing of Impact. And then right after, they just show like that New Japan, the New Japan show, which is usually like a greatest hits. They kind of just pull from different events that happen throughout the year. And then they just go back to their normal programming, which is like concerts, like literally just like, here's Fleetwood Mac. (laughs) Um, It's just kind of a weird fucking channel to begin with. And it's definitely not got the same... It doesn't have the same number of households in America as like a CW, for instance, no. uh, which is which is why I was kind of alluding to the fact that now would be the time to take a big swing for someone like a CM Punk or a Will Ospreay or um, bringing, you know, bringing in a big name with this relaunch, especially if the TV deal is coming up because they're going to need to get on an established network of some kind or they will, you know, I think that that will hurt them. You would, I would, I would have to assume that CW, that whatever TV deal that Billy Corgan pulled off, uh, is going to give him some of the funding that he hasn't had in the past to go after some more talent, right? I mean, kind of NWA for the longest time has been kind of the castaway, the island of misfit toys uh, <laughs> from other promotions, 
And this will at least give them the opportunity to be a little more competitive. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And uh, a person they uh, hired recently also kind of throwing in a little bit of rumors into the whole concept with Punk. Ace Steel is one of their main producers now. So uh, that's interesting in itself. I just want to say, though, just Ace Steel is probably a great addition. Um, but did you, just what what Scott Demore, Lance Storm, Tommy Dreamer, Gail Kim and Bully Ray have been able to do as far as being kind of the leaders of creative and working with the younger talent, just great job on all of them, you know, because it's definitely showing that they give a shit about the wrestling more so than a couple of years ago before that, basically. I don't really know what the hell they cared about. (laughs) Remember the fucking reality show, the house of hardcore reality show they were doing. Yeah, there for a while with Chris Sabin and <laughs> fucking. I love Tommy, but that was, yeah. <laughs> I, I love Tommy, but I'm glad they brought Lance in. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like, let's do wrestling. How about we just have wrestling matches? Um, hey, Impact's been fucking great this past year. It was some really solid shows. They have some great performers there. Um, We've been Dude, on that Alex let... Shelley title run, which is fucking yeah. I never thought I would see, which has been great. Those two matches at the last pay-per-view, there was a lot of good ones. But if if I were to tell you to go back and watch anything, guys out there, if you haven't checked it out, it's definitely Alex Shelley, Josh Alexander for the title, which I really thought Josh was going to win this time. You know, he got injured, had a leave, had a long title reign, but didn't get to actually didn't lose it. But Alex has had it for a while and keeps on beating Steve Macklin, anyone you throw at him. Um, and I'm I'm very happy for that. I don't don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not mad about that concept at all. Uh it's but Alex and Josh killed it. But I think the winner was Mike Bailey and Will Ospreay. They fucking absolutely tore the house down. Will Ospreay is on a different level. What he's doing with Kenny Omega, his match he had recently in in um Rev Pro against um uh zach saber jr uh his match last night with eddie edwards like god the the dude's on fire right now yeah he is uh what kenny omega five years ago right now with the quality of matches he's putting out it's ridiculous he's fucking yeah on fire um i would be so surprised if he ends up signing with impact i would personally like it i think that you know, with AEW, they have a lot, a lot of talent already. Um, whereas Impact could really, really use him. Uh, but they kind of got him baked into that storyline with Don Callis already. So I'm assuming that the writing may be on the wall with him signing there. I think the uh, the what is the uh, phrase? The world is his oyster. You know, I think everyone's going to be gunning for him, but I think Will's probably going to be doing what's best for Will. And you would think money would be the biggest thing, but maybe coming into an impact, probably being one of the highest guys on the payroll, wherever that is, you know what I'm saying? But like, and really redeveloping and trying to help out on top, because like you said, then there's the AW, which he will still be a top guy, but they have a lot of, you know, not in the sense of WWE where they, they WWE's done a good job, I think of kind of showing all the top guys, but separately, I don't know. AEW is just a little bit more um, congested because guys disappear, then they come back and whatnot uh, with their top, 
you know, heavyweight division, but Will's still going to get used there. Um, and then with WWE, uh, it's another place where he might get lost in the shuffle. Like, he's a great wrestler. He can finally work with his idol, AJ Styles, and have a fucking banger. Um, and just uh, really mix it up, you know. And he's also a UK guy, so that brings a little bit of diversity like that they like to have of having different people from all over the world. So it, it's interesting. Will's, Will and MJF next year are going to be able to kind of pick where they want to go. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, with Will Ospreay, I mean, it's the, you know, take take as much money as you want, buddy, because I think he's going to be fine wherever he lands. So whoever wants to pay the guy the most at the end of the day. I if, if I was fantasy booking, what I would do with him in WWE and people would fucking hate him for it is uh, like put him with Logan Paul. Like make it that Logan Paul brought in this hired gun. I think that would be fucking phenomenal you'd get he'd get so much heat right off the rip that would be awesome that would be a great pairing for sure um oh it looks like we're getting a match man so and it's one of our favorites uh it's just awesome right now we're in saudi arabia and seeing Sami Zayn get cheered for obviously things that are and i'm not going to get political or anything like that it's just a, a, a very refreshing concept and I just want to say, when we started this journey with Saudi Arabia and WWE, there was no women on the card. And tonight, or today I should say, we have eight women. So that's pretty awesome in progress in some regards with Saudi Arabia and WWE's relationship, Chris. Yeah, I have to agree with you completely. Um, I mean, Sami Zayn wasn't even allowed to go to Saudi, right? Which is why Kevin Owens was never on the card. Uh, a bunch of wrestlers would stay back because of that. And, and like you said, we went from having no women on the card to actually, didn't we have a full women's event in Saudi? Not that long ago. Which is, it's we nuts. had uh, several matches last time. Yeah, I don't think it was a full event though, but still, I mean, oh we're, yeah, we're gonna no, have a five. Mind. We're gonna have a five-way match for the title with Rhea, and that's not including Bianca. And her match with EO, and uh, who else is on here? I think Charlotte's doing something. Who knows? Here comes JD McDonough, who honestly has to be a sidekick for a while, but trained by Finn Balor. Uh, very influenced, obviously, not only by his his uh, mentor, Finn, but, you know, uh, Chris Benoit. Uh, someone did an awesome package kind of showing him doing certain moves that Benoit, how he did it. Um, I think he's great in the ring. He's just, you know, a new guy. But right now, having big matches with people like Sami Zayn is going to elevate him. I think that he has potential to start entering this, um, you know, uh, group of amazing wrestlers, kind of like when Austin Theory was introduced. You just got to gotta grow and get your spot, I guess, Chris, you know? Yeah, this is one hell of a way to start out the pay-per-view with J.D. McDonough and Sami Zayn. This should be a really, really damn good match. Uh, the women's event I was thinking about is when they did – they had the all-women's pay-per-view, but then they did the Saudi show either the day before or the day after. I, I got, For some reason, I was thinking that yep. was also in Saudi, but it was like a separate event. Evolution, I believe, wasn't it? Or Revolution? What are the two? But man, Sami Zayn is getting a fucking reaction, dude. He is definitely – 
the Mick Foley, if you will, of this this day. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? He is. He always looks so happy too. Seems like hanging out with Sami Zayn would be a lot of fun. Oh, JD's just, trying to get him in. I'm, uh, I'm just waiting for for the day that we get uh, El Generico. It's got to happen at some point before he retires, right? It's got to, man. And, you know, even though it's kind of annoying them having two titles, it being so top-heavy with Roman on his end, I could totally see Sammy at some point winning the world title, you know? If not from Seth Rollins, then from whoever has it at the time. He's definitely one of the prime players on Raw. And, uh, you know, one of their biggest draws, I would say. One of their biggest baby faces. You know, Cody, coming out of Mania, that might be the perfect opponent for Cody Rhodes. Would be a Sami Zayn. You could do like a two or three matches with those two. With Sami winning the title over the summer. That would be like... Really great because you could build out that Cody's like, hey, I know how I know what it means to go so long without winning this title. You could tell that story, right? Um, yep. And you could just do babyface versus babyface. I think that would be pretty awesome. Oh, that that would be really cool. <clears throat> oh man, Sammy's just so fucking good. Jesus. Yeah, it's it's crazy that I've been. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, but God, I've been watching this guy since like fucking 2007. Um, <laughs> it's just crazy to think about, you know, cause it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it really has been. If you go like going back to ring of honor and early PWG stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's also crazy to think about the generation of wrestlers that came out through there that are top level talent still today. Like how good that ring of like we were talking about how good rosters were. How fucking good was that mm-hmm. Ring of Honor roster? <laughs> like Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Chris Hero, Claudio Castagnoli, <laughs> um, uh, the uh, fucking why am I slipping on uh, Dim Boys, the Briscoes? Oh, like, Briscoes, Moshi Machine Guns, the what was that Shelton Benjamin and um and uh fuck Charlie Haas. Um, but yeah, just incredible fucking talent. Uh, that's another great time period because didn't AJ have a short run within there as well? Yeah. Yeah. He was there. Um, Joe was there. Christopher Daniels was there on and off. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like that roster's insane. That was a nasty looking bump. I don't think that, uh, that went like it was supposed to there. No. Do you think JD's selling his neck, or do you think he's actually like, fuck, that that kind of hurt? No, he was smart enough to turn out it, because I think what he was supposed to do was land on the middle rope, like kind of drape yeah. over it, and he just he was smart enough at the last second to be like, oh shit, I did not go far enough, and then like turn turn his shoulder. So I think he was just selling. He's selling. He seems okay. He's a good wrestler. I I I I like. He's not as vicious as he was in NXT and NXT UK. I don't think. Maybe we'll see more of that, but like. He's kind kind of like the heel that needs to get beat up, basically. Like he's just selling a lot for Sammy, but I like it when he does some dastardly shit. So maybe we'll see that towards the end of this match. It's amazing. Like since MJF kind of did those old school, like the old school clothesline spots and stuff, you've seen more and more people do it 
throughout like the the industry. Like Sammy just did the four turnbuckle headbutt spot like Hogan used to do, where you'd walk someone to a corner and <laughs> slam their head into it, walk someone to the other corner, slam their head into it. Yeah, it's kind of great to see people bringing that shit back. And it still works, which is incredible. But I, I have no idea what the fuck that JD McDonough bump was where he just did a front flip for no reason. Yeah, that was like Dolph Ziggler level selling. Um, <laughs> like the really animated version of Dolph Ziggler when he's selling. Shawn Michaels against Hogan. There you go. Um, yeah. But Sammy needs to block him up and be like, hey, man. I know this is a big moment, but like let's let's slow it down. He's he's uh, I think he might be trying to do a little too much. Probably, I'm, I'm sure he's overzealous as hell. Uh, even though it's on the pre-show, he probably knows everyone's still watching it. Sammy's definitely going to be a draw to come and have people watch it. I think right now, it's just they got so much going on. This is a fun match that they threw together. And look at Sammy's not having it. Was he going to Hulk up? Boom. <laughs> I think it's incredible that I'm watching this on fucking Peacock and you're somehow like five seconds ahead of me. Oh, man. Dude, I I was wondering if that was going to happen. Like, fuck you, Peacock. How the hell, because of two households, am I ahead of you? (laughs) It's not not enough that it matters, but... um, But yeah, man, how about we talk about one thing uh, that's very interesting? Um... We're not we're not selling Wuchu at, at AEW, but the number one drink is Ric Flair's uh, energy drink and a huge, uh, you know, signing for AEW with the Nature Boy signing a multi-year deal with AEW. That was so fucking weird. Not not that they signed. Well, actually, that they signed him is kind of weird too because they backpedaled on on that. Um, previously, but the the whole woo energy drink being tied into the contract as the official <laughs> energy drink sponsor of AEW with like notations in that press release that it's going to be out. It's going to be in every locker room and setting on the announcer's desks throughout the show. Like that was, that was strange. Like, is that, is that energy drink drink company paying part of Flair's salary or something? Like, I don't know. I, w- I would. I wonder what that contract actually looks like because it was just the way that all that stuff was worded was just very fucking weird. Yeah. Um. I really enjoyed the introduction of, of uh, the Nature Boy on AEW being Sting's present. That was very random and took me off guard. And it's good to see that in wrestling once in a while. Very much like Sting when he first came back. Uh. You know, I didn't see that coming really. But definitely with Flair, but God dang it, man. I got to mention, before we go into more stuff about Flair, Christian was such a dick. Uh, what did he say? He goes, wow, Tony, this is your present to Sting? What does he get? A shitty suit, some some golden chains, and a black liver? <laughs> he also said, I know what you guys are thinking, but he's not dead Yeah. What did he do to his friggin'... Like, what happened to J.D. McDonough on his side? Is that from hitting the turnbuckle? I don't know. He's got a huge like, red gash. Yeah, he's got like a giant contusion um, coming he, up. He's looking like a skinny Dusty Rhodes or some shit. Yeah, I don't know what, how he did that. That looks fucking just nasty. 
maybe it's when he had to turn when he was trying to avoid the ropes. He kind of ate shit. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he got burnt by the ropes, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It looks terrible, though. Yeah, it does not look uh, fun at all. Looks like a raspberry, if you will. Big old one. Yeah, he tore his arm up, too, somehow. I, I don't know. I don't know how he meant it, how, how they meant it. This has been kind of, uh, outside of him just doing some crazy selling, they haven't done, like, you know, any crazy high spots or anything. You had that one dropkick spot, but that was kind of it. Yep. That was pretty cool. I'm not the biggest fan of the Spanish fly, but I think the one where it goes off the ropes works for me a little bit better than a lot of the other ones, like, because it's all momentum-based. Yeah, I mean, it kind of just makes a little more sense. I'm kind of with you on not being the biggest fan of it, because it just looks like the person giving the move actually gets hurt worse than the person <laughs> you're supposed to be that's supposed to be taking it. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a burn, probably from a rope. Oh, that looks nasty. Oh. He's fucked now. <laughs> Sorry, JD. Yeah, that is gnarly. Um, it looks like he like fell off a motorcycle <laughs> or something. <laughs> Did he just finish with the blue thunder bomb? We've been asking him to do that for years. It's such a better well, it just looks like a finisher. Not saying the kick in the ropes doesn't, but Great match by these guys. Really physical. Good stuff. Yeah, I kind of like I I kind of like that he set it up like that. Hit hit the hell of a kick and then do the blue thunder bomb like in sequence. Yeah. Cuz then it's like more of like a setup or what you call in the video games your signature move versus your actual finisher or whatever. Because it's usually the yep. reverse. It's usually he hits the blue thunder bomb for the two count, and the finisher is the hell of a kick. But I like the him hitting those back to back. That's that's pretty sick. Maybe Sammy's learning that uh, he needs to hit both of them, or the person's just gonna kick out. <laughs> years and years of people kicking out of this fucking shit. Good stuff, though. Uh, anyways, yeah. getting back to Flair. Do you want to talk about maybe positives and negatives with him signing? I mean, I don't like that they decided to do it basically when Sting was announcing his retirement and that he's tied into that. I think you could. So that makes me wonder back separately. Is this thing because Sting's going to be done in March. That's when the pay-per-view is. So he's got a little bit to do here and then. And Flair said he was going to ride it with them. So I'm assuming in some cases he'll be in Sting's corner. Are we gonna ask, are we gonna have Flair just pull a heel turn and you know maybe someone he's gonna end up representing whether that be Andrade or whoever just you know annihilate Sting because even though Ric Flair's Ric Flair it's like do you see him being Sting's buddy all the way to his retirement basically oh that's a good question um, no I mean I think. They obviously, if they're if Flair is going to be doing anything on TV, you would think he's going to be a manager for someone. So you would think it's setting up, setting up something with Flair, um, maybe Andrade versus Darby. I still kind of want Sting's last match to be against Darby, though. Yeah. So, um, we know that when Flair was initially supposed to be brought in before that Vice documentary, um. 
and then AEW back. I was actually surprised AEW signed him to begin with because they were they kind of came out and, and poo pooed all over that after the Vice documentary got released. But people, I guess, have short fucking memories um, when yeah. it comes to how how offended they are by something. <laughs> so uh, I was surprised one that they signed him simply because they, uh, like I said, they were just. It seemed like that went out the window when the plane ride from hell documentary came out. But the original plan was for him to be Andrade's manager. And uh, he even did that in like, what was it in triple a he worked as Andrade's manager. Against Kenny Omega and Don Callis. So I wonder, I don't know. Do you see maybe he's forms a group to go against Don Callis? Is that where they're going with this thing? That could definitely be it. And that's the thing. It's like Flair would be, you know, if, if he doesn't screw over Sting, which is honestly, I mean, people are, it's going to be hard for people to boo Flair as weird as that sounds. So, you know, he stays babyface, say. Um, I think him forming a group to kind of be that, you know, tough babyface manager with a bunch of guys. I had an idea. I don't know if, if, if you like this. But it would be great if he does start forming guys, but he's like, we're going to get all the fucking titles. He's like, you know, maybe they work out with Conan. He brings Andrade to AAA. He gets the mega belt. Uh, Andrade, obviously, not only being his son-in-law, but also being, you know, uh, he's getting better, but like could use someone to talk with him, especially like a fucking Ric Flair. Um, Who's someone else that could really use that? For credibility's sake, if he were to especially come over here and stay for a little while, because I hate how AEW just brings him in and gets him the fuck out, is Okada. You know, maybe he starts an alliance with Ric Flair and Ric Flair represents him and wants him to go back to Japan and get the fucking IWGP belt back. And then he goes after someone in WWE. Maybe if MJF has the title still and stays, he aligns with Flair. Like, Flair could, like, have this, I was the champion, I'm going to get all of my guys the top world belts, Period, you know, and just be that guy to him and MJF. He already said it on his podcast. One thing he's looking forward to is some type of interaction with him and MJF and them going back and forth. And if he's representing someone against MJF, like that's 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 a lot of fucking fun, you know. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how much dedication AEW is going to put into this because they could have done similar things with both Jake the Snake and Arn Anderson, and they have dropped yeah. the ball on that. So, um, and I will just point out the fact that every time a company has brought in Flair to just be a manager, it hasn't worked very well. Like when he was managing AJ Styles or when he was managing uh Dolph or when he was managing the Miz when he comes in as just like a straight manager it hasn't worked I guess the one exception would be evolution but he was still an active wrestler during that time period yeah and what was the four horsemen group with AJ that he tried to well I don't know if it was him you know but he was put with that uh, was shit it was AJ it was James Storm Bobby Roode was it Frank Kazarian and then um, Nigel McGuinness? I forgot what they were called. But it was basically a horseman group. Yeah. And I that's kind of what you're what you were saying would be cool for them to do, especially like title hunting, because that was what the four horsemen originally did. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, Could you imagine, like, even Okada being associated with Flair when he's over here in the U.S.? That would be a really fucking cool concept. It's better than him him hanging out with the best friends, because I don't think that helps Okada's image over here. For people that <laughs> don't know who Okada is. I mean, you know, that's not the craziest thing in the entire world. That we just, You did just send me that thing where Brian Danielson's calling out Okada for Wrestle Kingdom, which would make yeah. me think that we're going to get some Okada Brian Danielson here in the States. Putting Okada with Flair is not the worst idea in the entire world. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Andrade definitely is doing a lot better with his promos. I love what he's been doing on Collision and his matches. But him and his, it just makes sense for him and his uh, father-in-law as well to kind of hook up together. But I I feel Andrade's been been doing worse in his promos because he hasn't been saying looky. <laughs> <laughs> which, is my, which is my favorite thing about his old promos. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, that's, kid, that's I'm kidding. But, um, I, I, what's going on with Roosh? Speaking of Hispanic well, him talent and his group, on the AEW roster. Him and his group turned babyface to help out. Who the fuck did they help out? It was It was something on either Rampage or Collision, though. So... You know, that's might might have been why you didn't see it. Um, like his his promo was like, well, I saw the vignette. I remembered them coming out and helping him out, and they gave him a vignette. But the vignette was like, I've had to work on being safer in the ring. And I was like, what the fuck? But what are you? What's going on? I'm just confused. Why would on he what, admit that? that? I'm confused on what that group is supposed to be. Uh, I don't know. The Grand Theft Auto, them beating up. Mexican cartel guys and getting held captive and all the other action movie shit before they came back was a very interesting way in coming back. Oh, I love I love that L.A. Knight's finisher is basically a Stone Cold Stunner, but he just goes forward and does a DDT sort of. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot what the fuck that move's called. Someone else used to do that. Maybe it was looks cool, though. Fucking Ace Steel used to do that. It was it's someone I recently just saw on. I've been watching the TNA Asylum years because uh, like uh, Brian Alvarez is doing. He's rewatching all of TNA now for his retro reviews. So I've been just kind of watching some of that on and off. And there was someone that hit that move the other day, and I want to say it was Ace Steel, but I could be could be wrong. That's funny. I decided to spend $7 and just check out um, Impact's thing a couple of days ago. So I started from the beginning of Impact, and I'm several episodes in. What The set itself, man, at Universal Studios was so cool. It just looks so fucking different. But I didn't realize, like, off the bat, like, they had been doing stuff for two years previously before that, but, like, when they got televised finally, like... Dusty right off is the commissioner and Jeff Jarrett's the champion. And I'm watching Frankie Kazarian, and AJ Styles and uh, primetime uh, Elix Skipper, like all these fucking guys just having these ridiculously crazy matches. And it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's like a much better watch than the, the asylum years weekly pay-per-view stuff for sure. <laughs> um, I did just watch a really great, uh, X-Pac versus AJ Styles match on one of the last episodes I watched from the Asylum years is like really weird. Um, 
because you could tell that they were calling everything in the ring. And, you know, like AJ kind of likes to plan his matches out. <laughs> but I guess X-Pac had dodged him all day or something because it was like literally X-Pac calling all the spots. So it was kind of a unique thing to watch, but it was uh, it was a really, really damn good match. Yeah, sometimes people need to put a little bit of uh, respect on Shaw Walton's name. Um, it, it, we're getting to the period where people are way over and, and like him again, but there was a time period where it's like everyone... X-Pac was shitty on the mic, and he wasn't that great in the ring. And I was like, I don't know about that. I think he just had drug issues in the 2000s, and you guys don't like him anymore. <laughs> this, uh, well, some of that probably plays into the China China and the reality TV stuff as well as her, as him being like her ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And once again, it's reality TV, so they put probably a lot more drama than actually was there but yeah I, I think that's that's when i first started remembering people hating x-pac because i i don't know i know that they people always talk about x-pac heat but i always thought that that was just like backstage because from what i recall people liked x-pac when he was in dx but maybe i just looked at it differently as a kid because i liked x-pac i have no idea I was more flabbergasted by a contingent of fans that kind of started claiming that he wasn't that great in the ring. And I'm like, dude, even when he was young as shit, one, two, three kid, like the matches he was having with Razor and Brett on Raw. Um, and then, you know, when he goes to WCW, if you, you know, anyone goes out there and watches any of his matches in the uh, the junior heavyweights uh, in New Japan. um I mean, the guy was innovative before his time, and a lot of people don't realize how tall he actually was just because he was the smaller guy to a bunch of fucking giants, too. So, but I like Sean. I'm glad that he got over a lot of his shit, and he worked really hard to try to get China into that Hall of Fame. I, you know, and I'm, I think that he's the main reason why Hunter included her with the X. Yeah. And he's, hey, he's still out here having good matches. I just watched a match. I don't know, I guess it was three or four months ago at this point. It was him versus Joey Janela and GCW, and they had a pretty damn good match. All right, we're about to get started on this. Excited. Um, dude, how about LA Knight? Not last night, even though I think he did a great job against Roman last night. And that was the big thing. You know, he's probably most likely going to lose this match. I think all of us know that as fans. But you can you can still win in losing. I think that the big thing was, could he stand up on the microphone and make a presence felt against fucking Roman Reigns, the tribal chief? And he had two weeks to do that. And I think both nights he killed it uh, when they decided for him to interrupt Roman's, you know, entrance before he gets even off the ramp. All of a sudden, poof, right down like he doesn't even notice Roman. His music hits. He goes right the fuck past him and sits at the head of the table for the contract signing. And just the verbal jousting, it's like, yeah, he was called, like, what did Roman say last night? You're like a redneck version of my cousin. Um, you know, getting him where a lot of people, the criticism towards LA Knight, but he, I think he was able to deflect. And I think that if him and Roman have a great match, it's going to be similar to like someone like Cody, you know, where he gets over and becomes elevated even even from losing, Chris. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the entire world if he won, because you could always just drop the title back to Roman. But it does take away 
like what Cody's end achievement would be if the if the plan is to actually have Cody win it at Mania. But yeah, it, it, he's been on fucking fire. LA Knight has taken what they have given him and ran with it and just it's crazy to think like four months ago he was the manager of maximum male models. <laughs> Actually, I guess it was more like six or seven months ago at this point. Because it was before Mania. And then they put him in the feud with Bray. And then after that feud, like he skyrocketed to this whole another level. Yeah, just getting great reactions. This is going to be a fun night. Some of these matches, Damian and Cody is going to be great. Um, LA Knight and Roman is going to be great. Uh, Logan Paul and Rey Mysterio is going to be great. Looking forward to the uh, five-way with Rhea in the uh, Haas match. <laughs> the female division's Haas match, basically. God, all of those women. And, and uh, even though I don't like Nia Jax uh, in particular because I think she's unsafe, she's still a fucking monster. Then you have Raquel, who's a monster. Zoe's a monster. Shayna's a monster. Rhea's a monster. So that's going to be a fun, crazy-ass match. But this pay-per-view, they get me interested for sure. It's It's good that... It feels like with Hunter in charge of creative, the last couple shows in Saudi Arabia haven't felt like giant house shows. They actually feel like they mean something towards the storyline, Chris. Yeah, I agree. They don't feel like out of place pay-per-views or out of like house shows. Like you said, they actually are building to them and have storylines going in and coming out. Whereas before, when this thing first started, it was literally like, what legend can we bring in to have a match? <clears throat> that goes yeah, back that's to a like good point. John- brought in like Undertaker and Goldberg. And it seemed like that was the ultimate warrior. And Yokozuna. Yeah, they asked for them. <laughs> Vince is like, uh, we'll, we'll do our best, pal. Oh, craziness. Uh, oh, we didn't really, we haven't talked about this. I'm wondering who the first match is because I don't have my uh, audio on. But people are going nuts. I definitely want to talk about some of the matches. Who is this? Is this an intro? I'm being impatient. But Kenny Omega MJF. Now, the upside, I will say, is that the match was fucking awesome. And it was great. The downside is, why the fuck did they put that on collision against college football and everything it was already going against? Like, even if you don't do it on a pay-per-view, put it on Dynamite to pop a number. Like, that was an awesome match. It showed a different level from MJF. Kenny, you know, did really well making him look. Because I'm not MJF's not bad, but I mean, Kenny made him look fucking amazing. And... Besides the table spot, that was kind of unnecessary to me because there was no ref bump. Um, I mean, I got to, I guess, get over Stitch. Just like Ilya Dragunov and, and Carmelo Hayes on, on NXT. I love the match, but that one spot where they get like a fucking 40 count because of the ref's discretion and go through a table, it just kind of, eh. But maybe I need to get over that. But MJF and Kenny killed it, Chris. Why was it on collision? Yeah, did they even announce that they were going to be having a match against each other on Dynamite? Barely. Like beforehand? 
Because I, Kenny, all right, I, so I we ended had, up watching it Sunday. The setup, <laughs> so. so the setup was MJF letting Kenny in an interview know that he's about to break his record. I think two weeks previous. And he's like, three more weeks, bitch. And then Kenny came up to him after his match on Dynamite right before it and went up to him three more days, bitch. And then we got found out they're having a match on Collision. And that was it. There was no back and forth on the mic between the two of them. There was no setup. And they put it on their B show. That's going against yes. major competition. Was it was it a non-title match or was it a title match? I can't even remember. I remember it was for the, the title. Was it was phenomenal. It was for the title. It was MJF breaking Kenny's record and Kenny having a chance to deflect it and get the title back. Which is a big deal. <laughs> like... Uh, it, it is it is a big deal it's like they forgot that that record was a thing uh and then last minute was like oh we should probably write something uh, <laughs> yeah that's what it came off as um, but the weirder thing is like kenny omega hasn't even won a match in the past like couple months like all of his high profile yeah. matches he's been losing to um takashita so quite like why would he deserve a title shot? I guess would be the other question. I don't know. AEW is uh, <clears throat> AEW has thrown out reasoning on why people get title shots uh, over the past year, which I am not a huge fan of. That was one thing I was looking forward to when they announced the company was actually caring about wins and losses. Yep. What are you going to do? Oh, we're starting off with the world title, looks like, with three McIntyre against Seth Rollins. By the way, I got to say one thing from Seth when he was on the mic going back and forth with uh, Drew McIntyre. Well, no, no, he wasn't going back and forth at the time. I think it was on Raw. You know, they kind of have this narrative, which they have had about, and I think they're going over it right now in the video package, actually. Um, it does suck, everything that happened with Drew's title reign. Obviously, know that. And I don't think this is Drew trying to bring it up Again, obviously, this is part of a storyline. People have written it in. This is a fact. But the fact that Seth deflected and be like, oh, boo friggity who? You had the title in front of no one during COVID. Like, quit being selfish, dude. Think about what the fuck happened during COVID, you know? It was kind of like, oof, I didn't expect them to go that direction, but kind of true in the narrative. And Drew is someone I don't think he's – if he beats Seth, he's immediately going to lose to Damian Priest in the cash-in right now. He's not being Seth to me. Maybe I don't think so. Drew someone that's rumored about possibly leaving once his contract's done. Going back to Drew Galloway. Um, but what, what did you think about Seth bringing that up during the promo? I mean, it, it made me laugh because he brings up a good fucking point. <laughs> it's like, you know, people were dying during COVID, right? <laughs> like you, you having the heavyweight title is not the worst thing that happened. Um, yeah, it, it, it popped me. Uh, this robe Seth has on <laughs> is incredible. It looks like he's wearing Ditto, the Pokemon. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he is such a hodgepodge of some of our favorite, like wrestlers in their fashion during the early eighties. Like, did he, like what the borrow, hell is all this? Did he borrow this ring gear from Xavier Woods? <laughs> I don't know. He's literally said that in, in interviews, he doesn't actually have this fashion sense. He does it to be loud, and he gets 
Becky's ideas and other people's ideas to look as ridiculous as possible, basically, for this whole drip concept. But uh, uh, it, I mean, it, it's been working. Like, obviously, I, I've since he kind of went full face. I have not been a been as as annoyed. I still hate the whoa, whoa, whoa thing. It's me too. But he has been better uh, on the mic, and he's dialed back the Joker ish stuff that he was doing so he's been a little less annoying um and seth has always had great matches so i've kind of came back around on the seth rollins i was really really tired of him up until that nakamura feed a feud though yeah i totally agree with you man i mean i've been a big seth advocate and i was even kind of trying to the, the the i understand it's great to have an uh, audience reaction but that one gets annoying as fuck so I'm glad he's also, if you haven't noticed, been stopping it, which is good because he used to let it go on too long and cut off his fucking. That was pissing me off during the summertime. It's it's a three note mnemonic, uh, mnemonic over and over and over again, dude. It drives me insane. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, more. I was more just talking about like the character in general how it's kind of oh yeah the Joker the shit better. yeah it's kind of evolved for the better because I was like. And a lot of that, I guess, I got to give credit to Nakamura, the feud he had with Nakamura, because it's it made that kind of dial back, like a lot, which I appreciate because I fucking hated that. I think Nakamura has a match tonight too, or today. God, I really would have. I, I think. I mean, I, I'm gonna trust. This is a different era with WWE. I'm gonna trust Hunter with his booking, but Seth beating Seth, I don't think would have been, or Seth beating Seth. Nakamura being Seth that last time in that awesome fucking hardcore match, I don't think would have been a terrible thing for Shinsuke to have the title for a little while. I think there's just less, like, I understand they want their titles to be prestigious. Seth's had it for a long time, though. Like, I don't, th- I don't know. We'll see what happens tonight. We'll see if Damian catches yeah. in. That's that is one criticism I guess we could make. It like while streaks streaks are great and we did complain about them hot shotting the title over the you know past like five years. Um not every title has to have like a five hundred day streak. Yeah. <laughs> we were more just talking about like your heavyweight title and then your like IC title. Uh so, you know, when you have so many that have such long streaks and so many title defenses, I think it's I think, you know, I think it's it's fine, but it is nice to see a title change hands every once in a while. Yeah. I even like feuds where this happened recently with someone. I can't remember who. Maybe it was the uh, TNT title. But if you have a feud where the person beats the other person for the title, but eventually they have matches back and forth, and then you go back and forth, that's one of the only flip-flops I don't mind because it's a part of a – a progressed story of back and forth matches between two people. Um, so just something I'm interested in that we're going to have the match between Logan Paul and um, Ray Mysterio. Do you think Logan's taking that Chris? He's the champion of the United States of America. They stupid shit like that online. <laughs> you know, I mean, that could be the one title change we actually see tonight. So I, yeah, I think I would lean towards him probably getting a win. You know, I put against him for that title. 
Santos Escobar? No, the guy that's about to come back from Gainesville, Georgia. Who made that U.S. title look great. Have AJ Styles and Logan Paul clash, man. AJ will definitely be able to get some good matches out of Logan. Yeah. If if you're just going off looks of titles, um, that the title that Seth has, I think, is the best looking title in, in WWE. Oh, it's beautiful, man. It's the, the it's the gold belt. It does have the stupid WWE logo in the middle of it, but the fact that it's like silver with diamonds, it's it's still it it looks the most classic out of all of them. IC belt does too, but honestly, with the IC belt, Chris, the new design's interesting and it looks old school. But if they brought back like the fucking white, old school Intercontinental belt, I would love that. I honestly thought when Cody came back, he was going to go after that title just to change it back to the version that he reintroduced, which was the the white IC title. Uh, yeah, I, Drew just that's what looks like a fucking brick house. Sorry. Yeah, he's a he's a hoss. It is crazy going back and like looking at the beginning of his career in WWE, um, like when they moved him into three man band to now because he is fucking double the size he was then i mean he was always like a big dude but he's fucking massive yeah we're doing some old school stuff going off the other rope here comes seth (laughs) i want to know what he would look i want to know like what he would look like standing next to uh fucking like luchasaurus or billy gunn because drew's like seven foot tall right yeah, he's a big dude. What do you think about him in his future? Do you think he stays with WWE, or when his contract's up, he goes and tries either Impact or AEW? Oh, man, I don't know. That's an interesting question. He had a really good run in Impact, right? Before yep. he came back to WWE? I, I, I have to be honest. His, his real name... Drew Galloway, I think, sounds way cooler than Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Uh, God, it just makes me nervous that if he goes to like, if he goes to AEW, they won't know what to do with him because they can't book big guys. Um, I don't know, man. I I would love to see him in Impact. I I think he's, you know, he definitely has a spot in WWE. But kind of what we were talking about, they're a little log jammed right now with the way with the way they've been handling their titles. Yeah, absolutely. Nice job by Seth. That looked great. Yeah, Seth's fucking phenomenal. He's ridiculous, dude. That's 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 one thing I will say. It's like Will Ospreay. Might get lost in a shuffle, possibly, if he went to WWE. But you'd also, I mean, the matches he could have with Sammy, with Seth, with AJ. And then you look at the bigger guys, you know, complimenting him as well. Um, It would just be interesting. That's the biggest thing. It's like it's nothing against a company that some of these wrestlers are there. But like Drew with a change of scenery, um, you know, uh, Dolph showing up on AEW. You just have new wrestlers that the other person can go against. That's one of the reasons why uh, Adam Copeland signed because he wanted to have matches with some different people, um, among other things. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, like that's as a fan, that option being there. Will Osprey coming in and having a match with Seth Rollins is really intriguing. 
Yeah, it's almost like these companies should just trade talent so that everybody no makes shit. <laughs> well, you heard it's it's small, but like you know, with their show on CW, Billy Corgan's trying to get the NWA at least as an organization again. And so far, it's there's one promotion that's smaller, but OVW's getting involved. But he's trying to get like all the smaller promotions to kind of come together as a group unit. So that's a very interesting prospect by him. Yeah, it makes me think that one of those, because he's signed for two shows on CW, it makes me think that one of those shows is going to be kind of like that OVW show that was on Netflix, just about the different territories within that NWA system as like a reality thing, and then like an actual yeah. wrestling show. Um, but it's interesting. What The, the promotion he signed is what uh, Control Your Narrative used to be. They changed the oh. name. It's EC3's indie promotion. So, okay. So, we will yeah, see. That, that. <laughs> Does that mean we're going to get Good Austin job. Aries? That's oh, the real question. It just sucks because Austin's such a good fucking wrestler, but he's such a chotch. Another one of those Ring of Honor guys from the same time period we were talking about earlier. Hell yep. of a fucking wrestler, but he... uh. Man, that talk about, you know, people talk about fucking punk being a prickly person and rubbing people the wrong way. <laughs> Austin Aries doesn't yeah. just burn bridges. He he salts the earth afterwards, <laughs> apparently. Hey, bro, are you having connection issues on your end? Because my shit keeps on jumbling up for no fucking reason, slowing down. No, it's uh, it's running fine for me. Maybe my internet sucks. <sighs> I think this after this match, I'm going to refresh and come back to it. That or it's uh, Peacock. One of the two. But no, I, like, right why can't now, you do shit like this when the uh, previews are happening, you know? <laughs> Speaking of which, who is the new female on the pre-show that it just looks like a, 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 a Kmart version of Renee Young? I don't know, but I, when I first saw her, I thought the same thing, man. I was like, is that Renee I, Young? I'm surprised. <laughs> They've been using her a lot for those, and just Kayla as the uh, back uh, back interviewer. But to me, Kayla was perfect as, on the on the show. She still does the pre-shows where it's like when they're in the arena, but I think she's a better host, just being honest with you. And I don't know why, uh, what's his name, that ball guy's on those shows anymore. Kind of annoying. Yeah, I, I'm not. I can't really comment on how good of a job that that just immediately I thought it was Renee Young, and then I was like, oh, it's like a Kmart Renee Young because I, I don't ever watch the pre-show. <laughs> this is the first I've caught of the pre-show in uh, in quite some time. Usually, if there's a good match, if you tell me, did you see that match on the pre-show? Uh, I'm usually like, no, and then I go back and watch it afterwards <laughs> if, if it was good. <laughs> yep. Because I mean, it, it's it's just like, uh, well, back in the day, for before streaming, when you used to have to buy these pay per views, it, it's the thing that they would show before you bought the the pay per view for like two hours. Uh, it's just video package, video package, video package. So I, I, I generally skip it. You know what? This thing's fucking with me. I'm gonna see if it's my stupid. I need to get a new. I have an old school. Fire stick. Uh, it's it's done. I'm pretty sure. So I'm gonna 
load this up on Xbox and see if I can stop having this thing fucking jumble up. I've been using, uh, I, I use, well, I have Roku TVs throughout the entire house. So I'm watching it on Roku. Um, I have Should I try Roku? I, I have one a long Roku time ago, either. but okay. Um, the, you can kind of do more if you're into like hacking and stuff. I think you can kind of do more with like the Amazon Fire Sticks, right? Like there's some nefarious things you can do with those, but uh, I don't know. There seems to be better app support with Roku. But uh, the I have the TCL TVs and they have it's built in, so. I haven't used like a fire stick or anything in a long time. All right. Now I think I'm way ahead. On fucking uh, Seth just hit a uh, Falcon arrow. Is that where you're at? No. Well, I think one of my, I think the TV just did that. I'm trying to think of like, Oh yeah, this is way ahead. Cause you just saw him try to go for the, uh, Pedigree, and then now Drew just went for the um, DDT. Yep. I'm That's ahead of exactly that. where I'm at. Great. How were you? <laughs> How? <laughs> <sighs> Let me... Uh, oh, no, no. <laughs> the peacock on my Xbox is going faster than the one on my fucking... God damn it. <laughs> Let me can load I pause it, or is that going to fuck it up? Like, Can I pause it and wait until it gets back in time? Let me let me just restart mine. Maybe maybe I was just behind, but I I didn't stop it or anything, so I don't know. Well, no, I don't think because my other one through my fucking fire stick is where you are at. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Xbox oh, just gets prior. <laughs> Xbox gets priority, I guess. I don't, I don't know. See if I can pause it because it's not. It's only like thirty seconds off. Let's see. All right, I'll wait until this happens. Peacock keeps trying to make me watch Everton versus Brightonton, so uh, which is the soccer game? I was gonna say I have no idea what that means. It's that stupid autoplay scroll list I was yelling about before the. <laughs> All right. So does he have him wheelbarrow style going up the uh, top ropes? Uh, like he's trying I'm- to do. I'm reloading in now because I was making oh, sure it shit. wasn't on my end. So you're fine. This has got to be awesome entertainment for those out there listening. Sorry about that, guys. Oh, future shop DDT. <laughs> this match this has been fucking action. That's what sucks about the first match is that that's where to get the kinks out. But from the I might have to go back and rewatch it because this has been really action packed. Okay, I'm in the same spot as you now. I just got the kick out after the uh, aftershock DET. Two, yeah, I'm on the uh, replay. All right, come back in. He's gonna go for the uh, the kick to the face. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking boost you. <laughs> Drew is just a manly man. You know what I'm saying? I really miss like when people would throw the Kevin when Kevin Nash would throw his big boot. It's like the laziest looking big boot. Somebody needs to bring that back. <laughs> like Absolutely. the Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, big boot. <laughs> That'd be incredible if someone Ooh. made that their finisher. Oh, 
Are you going to take a dump, Seth? Try to get out of here. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Wait, that so, didn't hurt Seth? I thought he deflected him and smashed him into the ground, but I guess I was wrong. Did you see uh, Seth hit the uh, lion tamer earlier? No, did he? Or Yeah, when you're – or not the lion tamer, the uh, lion salt. No, that's awesome. I'd love to see him do that. I mean – yeah, it was uh, it was like when say, TV was freaking out. So yeah, there was a good little sequence where he did like a, a roll, like a front flip, like somersault roll, and then he hit the lion, uh, the lion salt, onto Drew, which was pretty cool. Hell yeah! I gotta say, I mean, I've said it a million times. I'm sure people feel the same way, but my ultimate dream match up there with Gunther and um, Okada is it has to be Kenny and Seth. Uh, I. I hope I get to see that match while both guys are stable at some point in time, but it might never happen. No, you're right. So, uh, blow. we did get to see Seth versus uh, Buddy Murphy, though. That's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, we love you, buddy. But yeah, it's uh, very similar. Has Kenny and Buddy had a match? Because I would love to see that. Now that you mention it. No, we we were so hyped when Buddy Murphy signed there because I was like, ah, oh, we're going to see Kenny versus Buddy. Maybe. Yeah. Dude. Did we did, did we get like a trios match? Didn't we get House of I don't Black know. Is, versus... Bu- is Buddy is Buddy to Kenny what uh, Benoit was to Dynamite basically? Oh yeah. I, I think that's a fair, like a fair comparison. Because he's stylistically very, very similar. He does a lot of Omega shit. Um, although Buddy Murphy's a very good wrestler, though. That's another one that's rumored might be coming back here. Here's the one um, that I'm interested in because I brought this up. Apparently, Brock Anderson is no longer with AEW, and Arn finished up a couple months ago, so. Like I said, I'd love to see Brock get a chance in NXT to develop himself and have Arn back a part of the uh, team working alongside Triple H, you know, the guy that he produced his matches, John Cena's matches, and so many other great wrestlers back in the day. How the hell do you waste Arn Anderson? I have have no idea. I I could see Arn going back and... uh... Brock Anderson going to NXT. That isn't, that's not the craziest thing in the entire no, world. No, it'd be very similar to Regal, you know, in his situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, too. That was like Regal's just like, well, whatever. We'll, <laughs> I'll go work at NXT again. Oh, that didn't work, Seth. What, what's going to happen to you? Bam. Realty! <laughs> that's my Drew McIntyre. Sorry. <laughs> It sounded like a like a like a like a um one of the random bad guys in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> not like one of the not like one of the main ones, not like a Vegeta, but like a you know, like his cousin. <laughs> yeah. Vegeta's cousin uh, wants to get it. Oh yep. Yeah. I, I can't I forgot he does the countdown thing still. Oh, the fact that he did a Shawn Michaels thing and then got fucking super kicked. 
stomp, zit. No. You know, one thing I will say uh, about Will Ospreay, if he did come to WWE, he would be, I think he could have the same kind of matches as Seth and his career would last a lot longer. Because that's one thing about Will is Jesus Christ. He kills himself every match. You are absolutely spot on, man. Man, this match, it's been a good match, man. Good opener. That uh, really has. But, I mean, both of these guys are good. You got one guy, and this is always a good comparison for us 90s kids, and two of the biggest influences in the modern era. You have one guy that's a, a big Sean guy, if you will, and one guy that's a big Brett guy, if you will. So usually that type of matchup, for some reason, always works out. Is, is Drew the best big guy in wrestling? Drew's got to be considered. I mean, the fact that he does the, the nip up, the fact that he does the fucking Omega, you know, jump over the rope to the outside. Uh, yeah, he's got to be one of the most athletic big guys, I would say. Because, like, I mean, I guess you could technically consider Gunther a big guy, but he's not like, you know, he's not like seven foot. So if they haven't had a match, I need to see Gunther and fucking Drew. Well, no, we had that, didn't we? Yeah, we we had that. We had too. we had the yeah we had the uh, three way with Drew, Sheamus, and uh, which was good. Yeah, um, I'm not against them running that back. That's for sure. No. <laughs> yeah, it's just when I Drew seems to work well with everyone. That's one thing you can say about Drew McIntyre for sure. Uh, is that he works good with small guys. He works good with big guys. He's very fluid in the ring. And I think he's actually yeah, got better because when one of my knocks against him in NXT is that he was working such a slow, methodical pace. But then when he got to the main roster, he kind of, I don't know, I don't, it, he like turned it up a little bit because he was kind of like wrestling like Triple H when he was in NXT. Oh, speaking weird. about Triple H. Oh. oh. It's all about going to do it. Yeah, Drew, Drew definitely, in regards to how I watched him in the ring, a little bit of Sean, but a lot of Brett and a lot of Triple H in his arsenal. That was a great match, man. That was an awesome match. Um, not surprised Drew didn't win it. But I just don't know what Drew McIntyre is going to do next. Like I said, his contract is coming up soon. I know that. Yeah, I just assume that WWE will keep the guy around. Them is this, is he gonna heel turn and fucking we're gonna have an extension of the feud? What's gonna go on right now? They got the, they, WWE's got this Endeavor money. They can pay Drew right, keep him around. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, damn. First thing he did, his setup to his stomp was at first uh, super kick. A super kick into a uh, fucking pedigree into the stomp. I mean, that's 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 making Drew look pretty good, I would say, for losing. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's one thing about losing to any of these champions right now. No one else has been able to beat them either because they've been holding the belt for like fucking a full year. <laughs> 
right, well, this is... I mean, well, what's going on? They've been... I don't know. They were doing a... Yeah, I was going to say, they were doing a tease so long, it kind of made me think they were going to do a cash-in. Okay, well... Oh, is he doing mind games or is this real? Why do I feel like Damien's not going to fucking get this belt? Oh, God. Uh, I mean, I love Sammy, but what the fuck was that? Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. Sammy stole the briefcase? Yeah, I don't think he can do that. I would fucking kill Sammy if I was him. <laughs> like he was about to beat Seth probably for the fucking belt, but Sammy just uh, takes it and steals it. Uh, isn't that how Miz won his last title? <laughs> Is he convinced Otis to give him the fucking briefcase or whatever? Yeah, yeah, that weird JBL court case. I don't like when they play around with play around with that you know that's one thing that's better about AEW, even though that stupid hemorrhoid donut (laughs) is ridiculous but at least there's not like a physical thing you have to turn in to get the title match nope all right that is a beautiful title oh i kind of want to hear this Which title do you like better, that one or MJF's AEW title? I think I like the world title. Ooh, I really was that like Shay the, from Rhea? Really like the MJF, uh, his version of the AEW title with the brown band. Yeah. Oh yeah, with the uh, Burberry strap. Yeah. Around it. It looks. Yeah, that's, it looks. It looks great in comparison to the. I, I liked the original one as well, but I think the MJF one kind of looks. Looks nice. Hopefully, Brian Danielson brings the uh, <laughs> brings the what is it the uh, the Earth Friendly belt back when he wins it in AEW. We get oh, that, that would be great. An AEW Puka shell belt made of hemp. I gotta say, we got some great world champions just in general across across the board, man. I love seeing EC3 with the NWA title. I think MJF's a great champion. Some of some of the run has been a little bit underwhelming to me because I'm just not digging 100%. MJF is a babyface, but he's done great, had great matches. Um, I love Eddie Edwards with his title. I'm very surprised, but from the matches I've seen, I love that Sonata's had a good run with the IWGP title. Then you got Roman, Seth's a great champion, and Ilya Dragunov in NXT. Um, it's good shit all around, man. And even the secondary titles too. Yeah, I mean Gunther, right? <laughs> Who's you got Gunther banger after banger. <laughs> you, you got Gunther, you got Ray, who possibly could be losing it to Logan. But then you got Chris Sabin. I forgot Alex Shelley with the Impact title. Um, and then Jer- uh, Christian with the fucking TNT title. Samoa Joe. We yeah, 
you could there is an argument that the TV title is more more on a higher level than the actual world title. No offense to Eddie Kingston, because of Joe's run in Ring of Honor and on the main roster. Somehow in my head, I just heard Eddie Kingston. He's like, "No offense taken, you fucking smock." <laughs> oh, I love Kingston. Oh man, I I, uh, I kind of want Taco Bell now, and that'll just ruin me. <laughs> I don't know if you Taco got the same Bell. commercial. Oh, Taco Bell, dude! I always get Del Taco instead. Del Taco's way better. Hundred yeah, percent. Like, uh, they have those eighty-nine cent snack tacos. You can get like eight for under eight dollars. That's like the perfect amount of tacos for me. <laughs> this uh, this show is not sponsored by Del Taco, but hey. Del Taco, if you're out there listening and you want to give us some free shit, <laughs> we'll plug you. Oh, so uh, what? What do you think the next match is going to be? Uh, well, with maybe with Rhea, you know, just now being backstage with Drew and kind of giving him a, well, that sucks for you. Look, maybe her match is next. I don't know. It's either that one. I thought Shinsuke. I need to look up the match card. I thought Shinsuke had a match with someone. This is Crown Jewel, right? Yep. Crown Jewel. Yeah, I'm still not liking Sammy doing what just happened, by the way. That was a kind of a weird concept. But I'll go with it. I mean, if they just wanted to tease a cash-in, they could have just done that without involving Sammy stealing the briefcase and all that crap. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so we got we already had the uh, Seth Rollins-Drew McIntyre match. Obviously, Roman and LA Knight's probably going to be the main event. We got Eosky, Bianca Belair. We got Rhea Ripley, Nia Jax, Raquel Rodriguez, Shani Baszler, Zoe Stark. Uh, for the women's world title, Ray and Logan for the U.S. title, Cody and Damian Priest, who Damian's going to probably murder Cody now that he wants to kill Sammy, uh, John Cena and Solo Sokoa, and we already saw Sammy and JD McDonough. So I guess I was wrong about Shinsuke. Byron, what the hell do you want? So maybe Cena's matches next. I'm trying to think. They're going to have to put something as like a bridge gap. After that set match, that was a really good match. Oh, they're doing the women's match. Here comes the monster. I will give Naya this. When it comes to confidence and knowing her character and just being this bitchy monster, she gets it. Maybe that's the theatrical aspect that's come with all of her siblings and, and cousins and whatnot. Not sure. Nia Jax might be the worst female professional wrestler that's had the longest career. <laughs> that, that's what I'll say about Nia. There you go. I do like Raquel. I liked her more as a badass than, than super smiley baby face, though. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I I tend to agree with you there. It's I like think she's it, like she could be like a female Diesel, you know? Yeah, it's just she's just not really believable as a babyface. 
honestly. I, I don't know what it is. I think maybe it, maybe it's just her her move set, I guess. Like I don't know. It just doesn't come off very baby face. Here's the Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler. Up and I am a fan. I am a, I am a fan of like when they do these shows, like Shayna and uh, Ronda. They always wear the gi. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It sucks that they got rid of that guy from Evolve that would wrestle in the gi and like use it as a weapon. Remember that? I can't think of his name right now. He got rid of stuff that long ago. Oh <laughs> man, what the fuck was his name? He was like a. Big thing on the indies, and all of a sudden he was done. Damn, dude, I forgot. Yeah, I'll have to go, ahead, have good, to go back and look at that roster. I just remember, like, I was like, damn, that's kind of unique. No one's really doing that. The idea of, like, Royce Gracie choking somebody out with your gi. <laughs> See, Shane is at a disadvantage now. She took the coat off. What's Rhea doing? She's got a crew. <laughs> Mommy's showing up with a whole. I'm assuming that this is going to be Rhea. I wonder if now that Edge left, if they're going to make a WWE pay for this Alter Bridge song. <laughs> Since apparently he just his friends with that band. Bro, how many dudes are coming out of this thing? I don't know. It's going too long for me. Just going to move on. I got one, two, three, four, five, eight, nine. Be awesome if they all pulled out brooms and started sweeping. Kenny Omega style. <laughs> and then Kenny comes to the ring. Yeah. He's going to be part of this women's match. That would like really, that would be the thing that sent Jim over the edge or Cornette. He would, he would what have an annual. <laughs> okay. Tell me, tell me when you officially see a Rio, because I'm wondering. If we're all, that's a good time stamp, I guess. We're, Let me know. We're, we're like eight. We're like eight dudes deep now. I don't know. Looks like they brought Matt Riddle back with all this green smoke everywhere. Okay, I'm Rhea now. So. Uh. She's super over. Yeah. Crowd is losing their shit for Rhea. That's kind of insane. He just looks like a fucking monster, man. Let's let's talk about another person's rise. Remember her a year ago? Wasn't she like not too long ago, probably like a year and a half, like tagging with Nikki Cross? Was it Liv Morgan? Uh, it was one of the two. 
but she didn't stay stay on that level too long. Some of that was that she had had some injuries back to back. What because it seemed like it seemed like they were always going to push her, right? Because I mean, otherwise they wouldn't have put her in that situation with Charlotte. So I think they they knew they. I don't think they knew to the level of what superstardom she would be, but they definitely knew that they had a star in in Rhea. Also, I love that she just wears the fucking BDSM latex suit every time she goes to Saudi. It's fucking hilarious to me. It's like all the women performers have to be dressed head to toe. And she's like, well, how do I make this weird for everybody? (laughs) It's great. Yeah, she just looks like a star, man. It wouldn't make a lot of sense if Buddy Matthews leaves and comes back. I mean, his wife is the biggest shit in WWE, so I doubt that they're, like, getting to hang out all that often. Yeah, I agree with you. And here's a question that, since you said that, it just popped in my mind, and I don't think it's going to happen, but is it weird that Charlotte's husband and father are now both signed for years with the other company? I mean, weird for them. I think Charlotte's making more money than both of them combined, probably. But <laughs> Oh, no doubt. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is Charlotte, I don't know. That's a weird concept. But that would be her coming in to rebuild the whole entire fucking women's division, because God knows it needs it. We got fucking, I just don't, I don't know. It's, it's almost like for Baker. It's almost like they don't need two titles in that division. <laughs> Rhea now back. Why is Nia going for the heel? Like I don't need to even. She, she's a monster. Start punching a, people. Where's Jamie Hader? That's the real question when it comes to the AEW women's division. She's yeah. still hurt. <laughs> she has to be back by now. I know they got a couple injuries, man. Between her coming back and. I know Sammy Guevara's uh, still not cleared, mostly because he was complaining about it on Facebook. Um, whoa, that was interesting. Where the hell's Thunder Rosa? That's the other. That's another question. Complains every week about it on fucking Busted Open because she's the host Friday, man. I don't know what the hell they're not doing with her. She's definitely someone I could see WWE being interested in when her contract's up. I mean, I wonder if she would even entertain going back there, though, because they tried to make her a referee originally. That's that's a good point. But now she's become probably one of the biggest, you know, Hispanic professional wrestling stars, let alone women wrestler, let alone wrestler uh, within, you know, the industry. Well, God, she was two years ago. We haven't seen her on TV. Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> that's what WWE is going to say when they're negotiating that contract. You were a star. You were on TV. (laughs) I don't even know where the hell they would put her, honestly. Hey, there's a really great women's division in Impact. I'm sure sure they would book her in Impact. Did you just see Nia Jax get suplexed on her head? Yeah, that was awesome. All right, here we go. Monster's dead. Let's go for the four. Smashers. 
What a great idea to have a female Haas match. Like, honestly, I hate multi-person matches, but this is just cool. I don't, I don't know. I hate them in odd numbers. Like, why, why do they do like five? Can you find one other jabroni to put in this match? Yeah, so everyone <laughs> can have a, a person to wrestle with. Yeah, I agree with you. It's not just WWE. No. AEW does this too. I, I don't understand the. It's a seven-man. <laughs> match for the title it's like what you couldn't find one other dude <laughs> you guys have like Whoa. 200 people on the roster <laughs> mommy just fucking drop kicking raquel right in the fucking face gosh she is so snug love it all these women yeah. are really snug actually Shayna went up heavy on that one and just got dropped on her fucking face so <laughs> is she is she trying to look like the crow is that what's going on uh, I don't know. She's the pain maker. This is Rhea's pain maker face. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Got swatted by Naya. Naya better be careful. I think Rhea legit could whip her ass. This won't be like when Charlotte <laughs> tossed hands at her. <laughs> Yeah, I think all the women actually could whoop Nia Jackson in the ring legitimately. Especially since, what, Zoe and obviously Shayna come from MMA backgrounds, and Raquel is... Did she has potential to be like a female Cesaro because of her strength level. Did Nia somehow fuck up a Luthez press? <laughs> like, Probably. <laughs> what? Was, uh, did Yokozuna drop to it, or uh, like drop? Boom, headbutt. Nia Jax would, uh, like, she should really only have five moves. If she had that headbutt, the Samoan drop, like, a clothesline, a punch. What the fuck was that 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 Zoe just did? That was awesome. She did, like, a wraparound fucking flippy thing into an elbow to the back of the head of Nia Jax. That was cool. I hope they do something more with Zoe Starks, because I actually do find her entertaining. Um... And I think she's pretty damn good in the ring. Her biggest problem is her is her mic skills. It always has been, but well, that and I think she's she a went, great wrestler. That and she okay, like a, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. This <laughs> Indian Deathlock plus a this is an hole. indie this is an indie Indian Deathlock sleeper <laughs> hold because this is indie as fuck. Um. Unbelievable. Just move your legs, ladies. That's all you got to do. I mean, the only person that's actually in any type of fucking... What's Zoe Starks doing? <laughs> she got... Kick, yeah, she kick got her in the face. Her spray tan ran into her eyes. She couldn't get over there. <laughs> Zoe Starks is so orange right here. She's out here looking like Taz. What's going on? I thought she looked a little bit like someone else. Um, <laughs> but I digress. Uh, I digress. <laughs> oh, Zoe's going up top for a move. <laughs> Jesus, Rhea. <laughs> if I was Rhea, I'd, just, I'd call. I'd call the finish. I don't want to be in here with all these people botching all around me. <laughs> Jesus.
This is the oh, problem with two these best matches. friends. Two yeah, ex best friends that are best friends. So we know we're setting up for like every yeah. This I hate this spot as well. I hate Tower of Doom. I'm waiting for the one day where you think someone's going to set up that spot and then they just hit him with a low blow and power bomb. <laughs> power bomb the person that was going for the suplex. <laughs> that seems like something Christian would do. Oh, God. All right, your cousin did this and protected people because he grabbed the second fucking ropes on the way down. Thank God. Oh, my God. <laughs> She almost tore. She almost tore all of her quad. What was that? Jesus. Oh man. I don't think that was on purpose, but that was the that was the coolest thing Nia did in this match. No so athletic. <laughs> You know, this isn't saying much because uh, Nia is still not very good, but I will say that she does seem like she's better than she was at the end of her last run. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, as old of- as they are, maybe Alpha and Sika just like got her and they're like, Rada, you got, or Sita, you got to do better. You know, and just started <laughs> fucking from the ground up. We teaching her. Rikishi or uh, something. Yeah, uh, I don't know. You're making the uh, Eloloa family look not too great. <laughs> and in a time where we got the Usos, Jacob Fatu, Roman Reigns, you know. The Rock's daughter. Who I thought, by the way, not too long ago, I don't know if we talked about this, uh, Paul Heyman was talking to her in the background at that NXT show. That was interesting. I saw that. It seemed like they were going to add another member to the bloodline. They've kind of been teasing that. Well, female member would be interesting. And that could set up stuff that they want to do Rock and Roman. I don't want that to happen at Mania instead of Cody, but I'm just saying. I, yeah, I'm still sticking with my prediction on that, which is that Cody can win the first night with the Rock helping him. Uh, or just, you know, trying to keep the bloodline not involved, and then that sets up Roman versus The Rock for night two. Yeah, I would assume, even though he takes breaks all the time, that that would be a break for Roman if he loses the title one night and then the tribal chief concept the next night. (laughs) The Rock. He's taking a couple months off. (laughs) Or he beats The Rock. Oh, God. Zoe, I hope your, your diaphragm, I hope your everything just oh good second time it's been no fucking way no fucking way this is gonna be awesome if this actually <laughs> what? Ah, well, no not really not, that wasn't Raquel's fault <laughs> no that was terrible that was Nia grabbing onto the damn rope while she's trying to put her up that looks like someone uh <laughs> you were wrestling like a mattress. <laughs> that's, that's what it would look like. They love the monsters. They man, blah, 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 blah. 
She didn't even have her theme that was decently to listen to. <laughs> I, it was a big boot I feel didn't bad because I mean we're kind of burying Naya, and I'm I'm not even trying to, but she's not given me much to go on to put her over here. <laughs> she she fucking was legit shot on Charlotte during a fucking match. She injured how many people? Alexa Bliss, uh, Kari Sane could have fucking ended her career. I say fuck it. I don't care anymore. She, she almost killed Raquel there by freaking out. <laughs> yeah, what if what if Raquel like because of her holding onto the ropes like pulled her shoulder or some shit or buckled and they both collapsed? Oh, that would have sucked. <sighs> So what's this going on? There's like a weird pump handle slam. Yeah, that's <laughs> that looked pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it looked like not in a bad way, but like, ow, that got to have hurt. Yep, that was it. So Rhea won via pump handle slam. Road Dog is very happy somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he's doing that little dance that he probably can't do because of his knees. <laughs> God oh, damn, you wonder- didn't know. <laughs> We just saw a finish that was a second rope pump handle slam onto three people. <laughs> That's where we're I, at. I'm assuming, was that trying to look like her move, the Riptide? It was supposed to look it like it, came but it's, it's literally just like, it was literally like a pump handle slam more than her move, though. <laughs> I, it was yeah. effective. It got the W. <laughs> it still looked pretty good, whatever it was. <laughs> so. Nia, Nia died. Nia Jax died from barely like two feet worth of her hitting the ground. Firebomb. I don't know. Did she just get blown up from climbing up to the top rope? Is that what happened on that spot? Like, I have no idea. <sighs> yeah, there you go. Fucking Rhea Ripley. I'm gonna give I this thought, match. It, 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 give this match five stars because no one died. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, there was no Yokozuna fucking uh, bonsai drop. Thank God. Oh, wait, no you're supposed good. to grab the second rope so you don't hit him? <laughs> yeah. Almost yeah. killed Rhea out there. She's our champion, by the way, now. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, Nia doesn't care. <laughs> you kidding me? You saw Becky's face. <laughs> All right, I shit. am predicting... But the next match, oh yeah, that's another thing. I mean, that helped Becky, but giving her concussion by fucking punching her. Uh, another onto the list of great Nia Jax moments. Um, next match, I think is going to be Ray and Logan. I'm calling it right now. Kitty, baby cat. Yeah, I, I think that's a good guess. That's a good guess. It's always kind of hard to tell with WWE. Because they like to buffer, but they haven't done as much of that as I thought they would on this show. <sighs> but this show is kind of like, God, is every match on this show a title match? It's like the old Night of Champions pay-per-view. Yeah, besides the Cena match, but Cena's the champion, or is the championship in that match for Solo. Yeah, yeah, that's the one outlier. Everything else is like a legit title match. No IC title match on this show, though, right? No Gunther. Nope. That no Gunther. The show has a severe lack of Gunther. <laughs> the in-ring general. 
I'm sure he's happy that he didn't have to take this plane ride. It's a long ass flight. Yeah, that is a good point. Ooh, so they're confirming it. We're doing war games again. I mean, I thought it was going to happen anyways, but. All right. Uh, so, Chris, you have a guess. I mean, they could do two matches like they usually do. It looks like they will with the women's and the men's, but kind of specifically the men's. I mean, you got a lot of factions. How do they go about this? Uh, they called Don Callis and Don <laughs> 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 I was. I'm assuming Bloodline versus whatever group they put together with Cena. Because I feel like the Judgment yeah. Day is not long for this world. At least in its current iteration. I'd like, so, like not too long ago seeing... Who was it? It was Solo, uh, Jimmy Uso... Um, Damian Priest and Finn Balor, and they were looking across from Cody, Sammy. Uh, who were the other two baby faces? But it just was like, holy shit. Oh, John Cena was one of them. Um, but yeah, they could do something where they just mix, and it's like biggest heels, biggest baby faces. I wonder if Roman's going to be involved. Mm, I, w- I would think so, right? Hey, Roman, do you want to be a part of a War Games match? <laughs> the thing is, no. I shouldn't say that because Roman's not like like Brock to an extent where Brock would be like, no, fuck that. Well, I'll have a match where I fucking just beat the shit out of someone. I'll even put him over afterwards. I'm not getting that fucking thing. But I couldn't <laughs> see Brock doing Elimination Chamber, even though he did. He came out last um, and then fucking took an Austin Theory and chucked him off the, uh, the top of the uh, thing. Dude, that was the greatest yeah, thing a... ever. Austin Theory was like climbing like fucking Spider-Man, <laughs> and Brock is just chasing him. It was incredible. Uh, I'm I miss Brock. That's someone that would be fun in AEW. Bring in Brock. <laughs> MJ was like, I'm, I'm out of I'm out of challengers. I've beaten everybody. Fucking Brock comes out. <laughs> well, that what, sucks. What would Brock What would Brock want to come out to? Trying to think of like music he listens to. I wouldn't want him to come out the country. That would be stupid. But he'd probably pick that, like some metal he's, song. He's like super into Metallica. Probably something by Metallica. I don't know. How about um, disposable heroes? <laughs> that comes out to frantic, off singing anger. <laughs> That's how you no, get the No, what are you doing? <laughs> That's how you get the heel heat, Dan. Yeah. Come out the Saint Anger. <laughs> uh, that'd be amazing. See, now I want chilies. Damn it. Do you I think everyone that, lunch? everyone that hates Brock Lesnar, if he showed up in AEW, would they start loving Brock Lesnar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if he went back to Japan. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think that Japan would be awesome just because I've seen some of Brock in Japan and he was even more of a monster. Like I watched a one with him and a young Shinsuke Nakamura when Shinsuke was actively doing MMA over in Japan at the same time. And he fucking just rocked his ass the whole entire time. Like, 
Free Michael Jackson Shusuke. I don't know that he'll ever go back to Japan simply because like he won the title and then kind of just refused to lose it until they brought in Kurt Angle. So there's probably some animosity still there. Yeah, I would think so. That's a weird time because Kurt Angle wins the IWGP title. He drops it, then he goes in. That's right when he goes into Impact. What a weird, it's but still awesome cool that, time in wrestling. It's cool that uh, you know we have had a situation where Brock won the IWGP belt, so it's another belt along with the world title, which shares lineage to WCW and NWA. The WWE title, the Universal title, and also the UFC title, plus NCAA champion as well. Like, God, he's a fucking monster. Oh, yeah, we're going Cena. Could you imagine how insane it would be if, like, Lesnar showed up with Jim Cornette as a manager in AEW? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm coming in here to fucking burn it. Speaking of which, that tweet... <laughs> Where AEW invited him <laughs> and invited him to you the show. You think Jeff Jarrett was like, God damn it, Corny. Like, why are you going to burn me under a bridge like that? Like, yeah. he, was like, he was like, I was going to go, but I couldn't find anyone to go with me with that two-for-one ticket sale deal you guys had going on. <laughs> Jesus. Do you, hey, do you think the Young Bucks, since they were in Kentucky, were just considering just going by his house and just beating him with, like, sticks or some shit? <laughs> You know, I would put my money on Cornette. <laughs> the funny thing is, I would too, because I think Stacy would get involved too, and then she would fuck probably one of them up. Cornette would uh, probably just shoot him. <laughs> you can do that in Kentucky if someone happens in your yard. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's, he's such a diehard lib, though. I, I don't think he has a gun. He's scared of guns. He taught me he threatened to shoot Brock Lesnar. In OVW. <laughs> it's like a famous story. Fucking Vince Russo. I think he was serious about it. Yeah, um, just because he is a, a lib doesn't mean that he's not a redneck from Kentucky. <laughs> you can Sometimes you can be both. Good point. Touche. Oh. Right. No, I'll, I'll, that would never happen, but just like in my, if I was fantasy booking... <laughs> In my fantasy yeah, world does, or alternate realm, that would be really fucking funny. Who doesn't want to see that? You know, I'm I'm curious if Cornette shows back up in NWA now that they have a uh, TV deal. Yeah, I think we've been further enough removed from the uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken incident. Well, I mean, if <sighs> if Ric Flair can get signed, it's <laughs> possible. Boy. Yeah, uh, Tony, you know, going off on online and bringing Vince McMahon and his allegations into it, and then two days later bringing Ric Flair on air, kind of contradictory, I'm just saying, Mr. Yeah, Cobb. Yeah, not a great look. But what are you going to do? There's like one person like three rows back from the hard cam that has a melancholy and the infinite sadness shirt on. Really? <laughs> it makes It makes me wonder if that album just got there. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> speaking about albums hey a couple things to ask you music wise before we watch John Cena and Solo smack each other around 
have you listened to the full new Blink-182 album? I have not. That's the it's the full original lineup. It's not uh, Skiba from Alkaline Trio, right? Yep. It's uh, it, it's great, man. It starts off, and for Blink fans, I, I it just meant something. Their their first song is Anthem Three, so it's like they're kind of saying this is the spiritual trilogy to their you know and of the state take off your pants and jacket and it's actually a very emotional album they have one that travis wrote uh about them never talking again and never being a band again that mark and tom sing both kind of back to back that's their slow song but just a really really good album if you're a blink fan um i i like neighborhoods i like the one with uh skiba um i've i've liked the I know this is weird for a lot of people. One of the only albums I wasn't really a big fan of was self-titled, actually. But um, if you like old school Blink, and it's funny, it's fun, but it's also, you know, very charming and and talking about real-life shit, kind of like how Blink blends that really well. So I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out later today because i didn't even realize they had an album out i'm kind of bad with keeping up with stuff like that i actually really liked the album with skiba but it's it sounded more like an alkaline trio album but i also yeah. like alkaline trio so that was that was not an offense for me <laughs> it was more just like two things i like combined um but yeah that, that sounds awesome does he have a song about how he was right about the aliens on that on the new album but he said that live that that was funny <laughs> he's like it was a concert, and he was like, hey, I just want everyone to know. I was right! And then they start playing Aliens Exist right yeah, afterwards. Awesome. Um, also, big deal for music fans, and some don't know about this, and maybe you don't. Uh, Peter Jackson was able to isolate a song um, that John Lennon had written, just him and the piano, and basically, Paul and, and Ringo and George tried working on it in the in the 90s, a song called Now and Then, that he wrote about him missing Paul, Ringo, and George, and specifically Paul. Um, beautiful song, but they couldn't get the removal of the piano from the vocal track. And because of Peter Jackson with a lot of the technology he used on the documentary that he made recently, I think last year, actually, uh, he was able to do that, and we have now all of their vocals on it, George's guitar parts, because they, since they couldn't do it, they just kind of gave up on it, but they had everything recorded. We have one last Beatles song from the band with all the members in it in 2023 called Now and Then, and with the song, they released also a cleaned-up version of Love Me Do from the original recording that Peter was able to remove all the static and extra bullshit from the recording of that song. So pretty special if you're a Beatles fan or just music fan in general. So I knew nothing about this and they randomly ta- started talking about it on sports center earlier this week and then played the entire song with like a package of the beginning of like various sports leagues to what it currently is and like putting like a montage together and then f- clipping in Beatles stuff. It was really well done, but that was the first time I heard the song. I actually dug it. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I didn't get to see. Uh, I don't know that it, did they put it. Did Peter Jackson actually put together like a video as well to go along with the song? 
a beautiful video. Um, he used a lot of, uh, obviously, CGI, but since they have videos of them recording stuff with George back in the late 90s before he passed away, uh, to John Lennon originally recording this song a long time ago, they basically patched them all together, and they'll have like the young versions of the Beatles with the older versions, and it's a beautiful video. And then he made a 12-minute uh, mini doc on the making of the song, and Paul and George kind of or Paul and Ringo kind of tell the story about it. Just uh, really powerful stuff. I got a little teary-eyed. Um, I just I, I love music, man, and it sucks because I know based on all the extra hours of recording stuff and stuff they were dicking around with the Beatles could probably make a whole entire other album, especially with what Peter Jackson has been able to do to like separate stuff and clean up stuff. Um, but this is it. So I'm, I'm, if that's what Paul and Ringo want to do, I'm just glad they were able to get one track that they're really happy about. Um, and it, when the video, Chris, the song, like I said, is about John and them, but it kind of the video Seems like it's Ringo and Paul talking to George and John. Huh, that's pretty cool. I'm definitely going to check the video out. Like I said, the, I heard it. They played it on SportsCenter, but they didn't show that video. Like they had their own thing they clipped together to tie it into sports. You know, they got a they got a sports because is the you know sports network. But I uh, definitely want to check it out. I liked the song. I dug the song. I thought it was a pretty cool track. Um. God, it sounded like it sounded like another one of their songs, and I was like, you could hear like, I'll have to go back and listen to it again, and then I will uh, give you an, uh, give you the update of what I thought it sounded like because I've only heard it once. So, um, but yeah, it was really that's really cool that they were able to get that done. I do I heard that they have some live footage of them performing at the caverns, but it doesn't have any sound that they're going to be releasing as well. That's which awesome. seems pretty cool. So I don't know if they're going to, if Peter Jackson is going to figure out what they were doing and then mix it with like a previous live recording or what they're going to do with that. But that it'll any, any random cool thing you find from the Beatles is always neat, right? There's like, so much, there's just so much of it that comes out. It kind of makes me want to break into that Prince Prince's house and museum and, <laughs> See if we can yeah. get inside of that vault to see what all all he has stored away. We know he we he at least has one religious documentary stored away <laughs> that Kevin Smith directed. So what else That's is such a there? funny story? Yeah, I I, uh, I agree with you on the Prince thing too. That's uh, God, if we could get some of that music. But then one thing, and I know that Paul's not the biggest fan compared to Sean Lennon, who loves it. And he's also in that little mini doc that I told you about that Peter Jackson made, you know, talking about his father and like how his father would love this. But he also he he says his dad would have loved the option of AI, basically being able to take someone's vocals from the information it has throughout the whole Internet and everything and kind of making a vocal font over stuff that's not there. Um because you hear a lot of this stuff, like what, like there's a great song they did on an anthology called, um, what is it, Free as a Bird? And it was the last song that they had. But the only problem with it is that John's voice, the recording quality was terrible. And people have been able to clean it up with AI. And they could do that with, the, and they, people have done this with different Beatles songs uh, from the members of their solo stuff and kind of combining all of them together. 
So it's cool you're able to do that. It's not 100% real, but Paul and Ringo are not too big of fans of it, actually. So, uh, yeah, you know, it just doesn't sound right. It just uh, doesn't sound natural. Yeah, I mean, uh, I could see that both ways, right? Like, you know, at some point you're Paul and Ringo, so you can say whatever the fuck you want, I guess. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> um. But, you know, it, I don't know. You're getting something that you did that was unfinished that was never given to the fans. Like, I, I guess, I guess there's two ways to look at that, you know, like, and I don't, maybe just put it out. Even if it sounds like shit, who cares? Right. It's more Beatles. People will still love it. Absolutely. If it's not the best recording quality. I mean, I've listened to like mono live versions of Beatles performances in Germany they were not the best quality, but I still listen to them. And I have a pretty cool collection of some awesome songs just across the board from all of their solo stuff and unfinished this and that, that people have taken time and really worked with the AI to make it sound great. So I'm, I'm happy to be able to hear that. Did you watch the uh, Paul McCartney documentary with Rick Rubin? I loved it. Yeah, that was. I love the part great. where Rick, because it was the first time Paul's gone through like the process of hearing stuff isolated, and uh, just Rick accidentally finding that one harmony that Paul does that sounds terrible, but when it sounds with everything else sounds great, and Paul's like, "No, no, no, Rick, don't do that." And he goes, "No, it sounds beautiful." <laughs> and he goes, "This is why I don't go back and listen to my recordings." You know, just... <laughs> it was really fun. We watched. Uh, there was a Tom Petty. One that they just put out on Amazon, I guess, last year, uh, about Ruben recording the Wallflowers album, Wildflowers album, sorry. Um, and it was really, really interesting too. Anything with Rick Rubin's kind of interesting is this weird, <laughs> with him just being weird. He's probably at the show, the oh. si- at the Saudi show. Well, what's about to happen, Chris? It's uh, it's Five Knuckle Shuffle. Do they still call it the Five Knuckle Shuffle or? Yeah, they just so. call it You Can't See Me. You Can't See okay, Me. Okay, well, Michael Cole said it, so. I like that you can say Five Knuckle Shuffle, but you can't say the F-U or S-T-F-U. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. That was always weird to me. This has been a really good match between, uh, we got kind of off on a musical thing, but uh, Cena and Solo are having a great match. A very old school WWE match, but a really, really good match. It was crazy to see uh, Cena put uh, that reversal into the Crippler crossface earlier when he went for the yep. uh, Samoan spike. Yeah, they're, they're doing well. Dude, John's been looking great since he came back. I am just so it it is so crazy that John Cena even has came back and done as much as he is doing. Like I never thought that was going to happen. Like I thought he'd come back and do like two matches and then leave again. But this is a man that just really loves professional wrestling. It's kind of the opposite of The Rock, <laughs> which is really yeah. funny if you go back to their feud leading into WrestleMania. <laughs> No, I agree. I mean, there is the writer's strike and everything, and the actor's strike and shit like that, which I think the writer's strike was taken care of, or one of them was. But basically, it held up a lot of the projects, so he had an opening to do this, but he didn't have to. 
I mean, he's putting his body on the line. He's doing a fucking crossbody up the goddamn top ropes. Jesus. Like a, a really nice crossbody, too. Dude, you get some air on that thing. Yeah, that was beautiful. Must have pumped up the Reeboks for that one. <laughs> Do you remember Reeboks pumps, by the way? They brought those back. Hell yeah. I'm going to have to get me a pair of those. <laughs> I always wanted, uh, like, a, a, there are two different shoes, but, like, the Reebok pumps with uh, the lights on the side would have been cool. You know? They, uh, like, like the LA, was it the, those shoes were, like, LA lights or whatever, where you'd walk yep. and they would flash? Yeah. I wanted a combo. I didn't understand why they they didn't make that. I probably asked it for Christmas, and my parents were like, "God damn it, Dane, it doesn't uh, exist." <laughs> you have to get them custom. You can go to the like sneakerheads website. I bet somebody's got a custom version out there with the exact thing you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, every time I see those, though, I immediately think a white man can't jump. Where they're where he makes the bet in the uh, parking lot. <laughs> He gets three chances to try to dunk it, and Wesley Snipes like, I'm just trying to pump you up, man. He's like pumping up his Reeboks. That's funny. Yep. Uh, that's a good movie, man. Yeah, Rosie dude. Perez is so gorgeous in it. It's a great, it's just a great film. My wife made me stop watching it, though, because I was watching it like three times a year. She's like, hey, you got to calm down on the white men can't jump. That and Four Brothers, for some reason, I, there was a time period where they were showing those movies all the time on TV. <laughs> People complain that Cena's uh, overrated in the ring. He's got some of the better punches out of most fucking people nowadays. I, I mean, it was just that that was a huge rock bottom. Because that was not the Iranagi. That was like a full-ass rock bottom <laughs> that Solo just hit. Uh yeah, I think it's just because there was a time period where Cena was doing like just squashing people, right? And selling, yeah. selling, selling, hits his five moves, gets out. But that was what he was being asked to do. It's not like Cena's ever been a bad wrestler. Just fatigue. I mean, you know, it, it even happened to Hulk Hogan to some extent before he turned heel. If you remember, like the his end run in WWF it was kind of that the people were saying the same thing, even though they had loved him before then. There you go. It's the STFU. I'm surprised that they let Solo wrestle barefoot because they like they um, they made what is it who who Rusev they made Rusev stop that because he like broke his foot jumping outside the ring (laughs) and then no one was allowed to do it for a while and then Solo was doing it and Matt Riddle was doing it so they must have uh, changed their rule on that. When do you think Solo's going to start locking on the tongue and death grip? That's the real question. That would be awesome. <laughs> Just go full mean. Do you think Do you think um, if Taz paying attention to SmackDown last night, he popped when John Cena said that uh, Solo was like a, sat, a uh, Taz ripoff? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Is he going to beat Cena? Yeah, he's hit two spikes in a row. Going for a third one? He's about to get hit with an FE right here. Oh, maybe not. 
All right. Well, Cena just called the spot that we all saw on camera, so that's not the it's not over yet. This would be huge for Solo if he wins, though. It would be. He's already taken like five of his finishers. A move that his uncle did that fucking killed people. So this, I mean, he has to win, right? Like, I don't know. It, it'd kill his finisher if he doesn't beat John Cena at this point. Is he going to hit him and now Cena is going to, like, not be able to talk like I was suggesting with uh, Jeff and Cody? Wow. One, two... Wow, Cena put him over like a million bucks. I'm surprised. Well, not surprised that Cena put him over, but put him over the way he did. That's like when, remember when Brock came back and Cena just took like 25 suplexes <laughs> and got pinned? Yeah. That was the equivalent of that. Damn. Wow, maybe Solo Good is going to go after, the, uh, go after the big chief here with a win like that. No interference either. Just a straight, clean win. I don't think anybody expected that. Sorry for like uh, us being a little quiet, but that was a little bit... That was just shocking in the way that Solo won, honestly. Um, very unexpected. Uh, I, I like Solo. Don't get me wrong. I didn't see him winning, but man, he, at the end, just basically... Did his finisher 60 times to Cena and killed him. Yeah, I, I actually kind of thought that he, he had a chance at winning this match. Um, but I did not think it was going to be like that. Like, I thought you, you, the bloodline would get involved or there would be some kind of shenanigans. But nah, he just murdered this man. <laughs> That's what happened. Cena's dead. Family, damn it. <laughs> Somebody get a stretcher. Cena's dead. Cena's dead. Cena's dead. You know what the real problem is, is that Cena has stopped tanning. That's why he keeps getting his ass kicked. If he goes back to the... He goes, he gets, is he goes back is that tan. what it is? Yeah, if he goes back and gets a tan. <laughs> it's like it's like when Goku goes Super Saiyan. That's <laughs> that's no, hilarious. all joking aside, that was, a really, that was a really good match. I'm just very surprising finish. Um, at least to the extent of what it was. Another guy in their arsenal that they're building up that's a future fucking monster, Solo Sokoa. I really like Solo in NXT when he was having those street fights. And so this is a, huh, that's an interesting layer to the current bloodline. Because how long is Solo going to put up with Rome after just destroying Cena in the way that he did? And they've already been hinting at dissension between them before. It even seems like Roman, unlike his two other cousins, is actually intimidated of Solo to an extent. I didn't realize John Cena had gotten married. Wonder what that prenup looks like. <laughs> He's lost in the ring, uh, selling it to the audience, yeah. and you just bring up that. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I was thinking of the Total Divas thing when he... Him and Bree got engaged, and she was like, 
had even when she was living with him, they had that like forty page hey, fucking document uh, Nikki, contract. Um I would like to talk about our situation and clarify our decisions on what we're gonna be doing with our marriage. <laughs> I just didn't realize I mean he had been married before, but I didn't realize that he had gotten remarried. That was not something that popped up in the wrestling news. Oh, this is going to be Cena's last match. Maybe that's going to be Sting's final opponent. Cena's going to leave and go to AEW to wrestle Sting. And they'll just double retire. Well, <laughs> Sting retire was one of his faves. Very well noted. That actually He's makes a big a surfer sense, Sting too. fan. Makes a lot. That, make, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, I watched a documentary. I don't. It was on WWE, I think. There's a random one about Sting, probably when he was in the company for the first time. But Cena was talking about how much he loved Surfer Sting back in the day. Is he about to just get immediately speared by Roman? That'd be nuts. <laughs> Solo comes out and hits him with another spike. <laughs> oh. The funny thing about He's... this is it's not just selling. It's it's a reality of him going, wow, this, this might be the last time I'm in front of a crowd like this. Like He is really his career, it's, dude. It's probably the last time you'll be in Saudi, for sure. I had to order yeah, some Chick-fil-A, by the way. <laughs> nice. Fucking so going back, in, uh, going back to the War Games conversation, um, it's pretty. It's it's pretty much we know for a fact Kevin Owens is going to be in this dumbass thing, right? <laughs> Since they just put Kevin Owens in all of these dumbass things. Has to be, and we got to see him go off the top. Oh wait, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, they have the open one, so yeah, he could do that. Yeah. I gotta Kevin, hear Kevin Owens going ah! and you know through the air, going through a table or some shit. Kevin Owens gets involved in so many of these dumb matches that he ended up in that first one on NXT. He wasn't even on their roster. Nope. <laughs> They're like, uh, hmm, who can like who can bump off of objects and kill people in a ring? Yeah, like, anytime I got this. Yeah. Kevin Owens is uh, he, he he's the other side of Mick Foley. You got Sami Zayn, who's the personality side of Mick Foley, and you got Kevin Owens and being like, "Well, fuck it, I guess I'll fall off the stupid thing." Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of insane that Kevin Owens has not had more injuries than he actually has with some of these ladder matches and stuff they've put him in. Yeah, dude, uh, I love what you just said because it's not it's it's like. He does have the more physicality of fully, but to me right now with his baby face run, you take that type of mindset of how Kevin Owens has always been of, ah, you know, I'll deal with it later when it comes to his body that Mick was known for. But then you kind of add that baby face Roddy Roddy Piper aspect of him of not giving a fuck, you know, not taking shit, being humorous, but then punching two people in the face at the same time and. I fucking love Kevin Owens, though. I do. All right, what are we doing with Miz? He's going to do Miz TV. It's kind of weird that they sprinkle this stuff in, but I understand it because this crowd is not going to get a, you know, they don't get like a weekly, like Monday Night Raw is not going to come to Saudi, right? So they're not ever going to get a Miz TV. 
unless they do these pay-per-view type things. So it's cool that they sprinkle stuff like that in. Okay, All right, who's he sitting down with? Chris, who do you think is going to come out? John Cena. <laughs> you can ask him why he just got his ass kicked so hard. <laughs> Brock Lesnar. No, I'm kidding. What the hell's going on? I have no idea. Apologies for the delay there, though. I had to relieve myself. <laughs> you're, you're good. I'm just uh, confused on what the hell's going on right now. I don't know who this guy is. Uh, is it a new monster? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is it? Is it a? Uh, is it someone local? I don't even know if he's a wrestler. He might be an entertainer from Saudi Arabia. Apologize for not knowing him, but I wonder what this hijinks is going to bring. This is like when the butcher, the blade, and the bunny showed up. Yeah, this is where I should have brought the Beatles <laughs> shit, I think. <laughs> yeah, I get The talk of the Beatles powered up Solo, though. It made him murder murder John Cena. <laughs> I guess he's a big Beatle fan. He loves Love Me Do. Um, Maybe this is a famous athlete? <clears throat> Howdy. Ayurama. I'm not going to try to pronounce that. I'll slaughter it. This is the first time the Miz has been put over in a while. <laughs> yeah, especially after he just got murdered verbally by fucking uh, Walter. Or Gunther, I should say. Who has, I, you know what's crazy? The Miz has the more ridiculous outfit in this segment. <laughs> what the fuck is he wearing? You know the same tailor as Ric Flair? <laughs> I guess his is not shiny enough. Oh, God damn it. Now we're in Grayson Waller. The ghost of Roddy Piper is coming out next, so prepare yourself. Oh, you, you guys out there. <laughs> what was John Moxley's? Remember John Moxley had a talking show and he had that dumb house plant he would bring with him? Oh my god, dude. Poor fucking Moxley with some of the shit he was asked to do in WWE. Well, that particular thing was really funny with it. I can't remember. He had a name for the plant. It was just like was a chair the a plant, plant or some shit. Yeah. Oh, there it is. There's the plants. 
confirmed Moxley's back in WWE. <laughs> no. Uh, so, what's another one? So let what's me give Bliss? you. Is Bliss coming out? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I guess who's that other host? Jericho's coming the out KO, right now. K- yeah, Jericho, KO. They're all coming. Uh, <laughs> the Kevin Owens show. Why did they do so many of these? Like, it was interesting Honestly, when it was man. Piper's when it was Piper's pit. Yeah. It was like legitimate sit down interviews, and it was usually to set up a feud between some other person, not just to see the host get their ass kicked. No, usually the host would actually take a coconut and smash the fucking guest in the head. Um, <laughs> yeah, Piper's pit was the best. Everything's been just trying to kind of do that since then. I guess the. What would be, I guess Jericho's highlight reel would probably be the second best of those. Yeah. Out of all the years that they've done this. I'm going to put Moxley's in third just because of the plan. (laughs) Makes sense, I think. But I I, I, I don't miss uh, Michael Cole yelling about the lunatic fringe, though. I'm glad that we're past that. Little fringe. Uh. So, <laughs> I was uh, bringing it up earlier and just uh, give you a little intro and, and the people, because I think everyone, if you're a horror fan, should definitely watch this movie since we have a chance to fucking talk. Uh, when Evil Lurks is the. Best movie involving, like, I'm trying to think of, like, how to say this. Um, not exorcist, but, like, uh, possessed people that I've seen in a very, very long time. Everything that the exorcist, that new one, wasn't, because I watched that in theaters, unfortunately. This was such a different take on it. But it's from my Argentina. You got to read Spanish. Sorry if you don't like doing that. I think that's... If anything, having to read, you know, some of the Dutch horror movies I've watched or, you know, when it, whether it be a Spanish horror movie or a Japanese horror movie, and nothing's going on right now, by the way. Um, Mrs. Kicking the shit out of Grayson Waller. Who gives a shit? Anyways, um, I can't go on my phone. I can't do something else. I have to read it, and it makes it much more immersive. And it's from Argentina, like I said, so it's about two dudes. They find someone possessed. This is in a world where it's kind of an infection type concept um, within their universe, if you will. And basically, it's not so much like any exorcist. It's more of a virus that if you don't do a certain amount of rules and you do something wrong, it basically goes and can jump from person to person uh, and follow you. And uh, it's about these two guys trying to get the hell out of Dodge because they screwed up, essentially. And it's fucking awesome. It's got some of the most horrifying stuff I've seen in a horror movie in a very, very long time. Um, probably since Hereditary. Um, that stuck with me several days after. And not only that, great cinematography. This guy made a movie called Terrified that I need to check out that I hear is also awesome. But um, if you're looking for a good horror movie, it's got to be the best one I've seen this year over talk to me over hell house llc origins over a lot of the great ones i've seen this year so go check it out 
are they just having all celebrities hit people's elbow now? Is that the new gimmick? Yeah, I, I was I was rambling about when Evil Lurks. I haven't even been watching the television, honestly. Uh, they had the guy hit a people's elbow. Uh, yeah, that movie sounds interesting for sure. It's on Shutter, right? Yep. So I got my friend sent me like a um, his login information for the Criterion channel. Have you watched anything on that? No, I have not. I'm curious to see what all they have on there because he was uh he was like I just been going through and he's been going through and watching all of the Universal monster movies. Um, and he says that they have like a lot of cool stuff, like a lot of like weird B side horror, um, and like older flicks. So I'm curious to see how that stacks up against like Shutter, because I haven't um I canceled my subscription to Shutter a while back and have not logged back into it for a while i think the last thing that i really watched on there was uh the wolf creek tv series and Mm -hmm. i don't i guess they stopped making that which is unfortunate because it was really good don't you love it when that happens yeah looking at you stars (laughs) get this awesome season with one of the worst cliffhangers of all time of heels hopefully that thing gets picked up Uh, have you uh oh, seen the commercials new Robo- guys have you seen the new robocop video game that's out rogue city robocop video game yeah it's a first person shooter campaign game based directly after robocop 2 so it's in between robocop Ooh. 2 and robocop 3 and uh i'll just say this there's an achievement for shooting someone in the dick so <laughs> <laughs> Oh it's, God! Uh, there's references to Clarence Boddicker. There's uh, they have Peter Sellers doing the voice of RoboCop. It seems like that they've went about that the right way. I've not had a chance to play it yet, but really looking forward to it. Probably end up getting that sometime in the next couple of weeks. I'm finishing up a few other games first before I uh, dive into that. Also waiting to see if it shows up on CD Keys for for a cheaper price. That's pretty awesome, man. I'm uh, very interested in watching the first two movies and then playing that. <laughs> it's been a while since I've watched RoboCop. Um, I watched part of it on Pluto TV, but I don't, I don't count that as a full watch through. It was the very last scene. It's crazy that they filmed that in like Texas and it's supposed to be Detroit. Like how they made <laughs> that work. <laughs> like that's pretty, pretty insane. Such a great movie. I'd definitely buy that for a dollar. I recently watched all of the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's a pretty good show. I did not necessarily like that new show that they're pitching on Peacock right now in this commercial. It was okay. I fell off of it after like five episodes, though. Yeah, that Fresh Prince show was great because, I mean, it was funny, but they also dealt with some serious topics. Um, And to the point where, like, all right, say something like Saves the Bell, where they try to go over, you know, someone getting an addiction to speed and made it pretty fucking cheesy. Uh, Something like Fresh Prince was able to take some stuff and actually... Because partially that Will is such a good fucking actor, 
make it have a lot of emotional levity for a fucking sitcom, especially the stuff with his dad. Uh, everyone knows that episode, you know, him and Uncle Phil and how that was uh, based off of uh, what actually his relationship with his actual father in real life. So. Yeah, that show kind of ride, rides or die with Will and James Avery. Um, they're both yes. so great. And most of the emotional episodes or the serious episodes are always like big acting moments from James Avery and, and Will. Um, Good old Shredder. Rest in peace. <laughs> I always forget he's the voice of Shredder from the cartoon show. <laughs> Isn't it weird? It is weird. Uncle Phil is also Shredder. Kevin Nash is super shredder, so that another layer of weird. I literally now have both my TVs not fucking it up and in sync. So yours. This is great. <laughs> you did it. What is this? They're gonna show some wrestling eventually, right, team? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? We have a long ass pay-per-view. <laughs> Maybe our first show back shouldn't have been a watch along. <laughs> Logan Paul's Jesus. in the middle of the desert. <laughs> like, what the fuck is, what are we doing? Shout out to Logan Paul for making prime energy drinks and prime hydration drinks, though. Those are pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I've tried one. I like the uh, one that tastes like the popsicles from back in the day, that the red, white, and ice blue pop, ones, you know? Ice pops. Yeah, that that's my favorite as well, the Ice Pop energy drink. And we have the hydration drinks as well. Those are good for when you're feeling a little dehydrated. I like it's not the- really sports-related. I'm sure Logan actually bought them or started doing that for his hangovers in the morning. You would assume. It's kind of like a liquid IV or a, a Gator Light or whatever. But um, – most of those are really salty, and the prime ones are kind of like have a sweeter flavor to them. Jesus Christ, is this a Darby Allen video? What are we doing? This thing's taking <laughs> it's like way too long. It's, this is Logan. He's still okay. Did you uh, play WCW NWO Revenge as a kid? Of course. Um, Okay, so you remember like the intro to that video game was just that semi truck <laughs> driving. Yeah, with the thunder, like bam, bam, like in the background. Yeah, and then like it yeah. just stops because Sting's standing in the middle of the road. Wouldn't that have been awesome if Logan Paul just stopped because Sting was standing in the middle of the road? Yeah, that would be amazing. What the hell was the point of all of this? <laughs> this is Logan being flashy and make people dislike him for being flashy. Because I do right now. <laughs> I'm feeling it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he's in the he's in the presence of princes in Saudi Arabia. Though these cats drive Lambos. <laughs> like that, that dirt runner is not gonna. <laughs> that's not really that big of a flex. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah, I got a Plymouth Prowler at the house. So cool. Logan Paul. This guy, this guy, like in, the this guy in the front row is like, uh, I got like five Bugattis. So not, not I'm really impressed. A Bugatti. Dude, I love that Ace Hood song. So good. 
Fuck all you haters, I'm rich as a bitch. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> that is uh, something. Killed Sammy. Uh, yeah, he's dead now. <laughs> I don't know. They have not followed up on that. I guess we're gonna have to wait until uh, Monday. Monday for that. So, what was the highlight of the Impact pay per view last night, or the Impact? What did they, it wasn't a pay per view. They called it something else. Was it the Joe Hendry theme uh, song? Because. <laughs> Dude, that match was actually one of my favorite matches. So I guess him and Simon have been, because Simon does wrestle. He's been at Rev Pro, Progress, stuff like that. But, you know, his whole shtick is, it's not even a shtick. He's just a really nice guy. But for some reason in wrestling, he uses it and he works for Walt Culture. He's one of the higher up people. So the UK's biggest wrestling outlet. Um, But he's a heel. And so Joe Hendry and him have been feuding. And so this is another match for the two of them to have. Um, and yeah, Joe Hendry's song's fucking awesome, man. That's, uh, he's got him and Will Ospreay have two of the best themes. I think. I just remember the first time I saw Joe Hendry and that song hit. I <laughs> believe I Joe Hendry. Yeah. And then I forgot about him because I hadn't watched it in a while. And that first Ring of Honor pay-per-view he was on and that song hit. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. We need more songs that are like that in wrestling. And and big up for Joe Hendry. Uh, he definitely was kind of criticized. Very similar to Ethan Page about them being out of shape. And they both put a lot of fucking work in the gym. And now they're both in really good shape so yeah speaking of which where's ethan page he's way too good of a wrestler not to be being used on the four shows that AEW has hey they they, uh they just remembered recently that jay lethal exists so and now he's going for uh eddie (laughs) kingston but uh he'll probably lose that and then we'll forget about him and like someone was bringing a statistic. Apparently, Jeff Jarrett has had more matches than Bull, than Jay, like multiple people since he signed. Are you saying that Jeff Jarrett has found a way to keep himself on the show, <laughs> regardless of whether Hell he's yeah. on the show or not? Double J, yeah, nah, but, he he would never do such a thing. <laughs> so, 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 so Tony, hear me out. So I'm thinking that I won the title. That's going to happen, man. It's going to happen. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. (laughs) Oh, don't get me wrong. I love Double J. And friend of the show, great fucking interview um, that we did with them several years back before he got inducted in the Hall of Fame. Uh, But it's just that's that's uh, that's Jeff Jarrett. You know, he became kind of the 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 passing of the torch to Jerry Lawler in a lot of ways. Um, I, I love so. his little group with the, the group that he has going with Jay Lethal and Sanjay and uh, God, why can't I think of the other guy? Zippy his Depend name, is, his name is calls him. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but like one of my favorite segments in AEW, like AEW history is when they went over and just worked on Mark Briscoe's farm. That shit was funny uh, as hell. 
they had that great moment when they're wrestling the elite and they did the the elite pose <laughs> as a group. Uh, yeah, I, I, they're they're perfect like goofy mid card like group. I, at this point, I don't know that Jay Lethal wants to be more than he is on the card. That's kind of what I'm. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting with Jay Lethal, because I feel like he would have already been having matches with Brian Danielson and stuff if he really was wanting to elevate uh, back up to the top. But we'll see. I mean, this match with Eddie Kingston, Jay Lethal's what like a five-time Ring of Honor Heavyweight Champion. Yep. It may actually be more than that. Um, I thought that Eddie Kingston's promo to set that up was really great. Dude, he's he's fucking money. He's so damn real, you know? There's not a lot of bullshit in Eddie Kingston. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of match him and Jay Lethal have. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Which I'm sure they've wrestled before. They, they had Dude. Him, like somewhere down like in on the indies. So what's more impressive from this early going, the fact that Logan Paul is keeping up pretty decently with Rey Mysterio for a lot of this fast paced shit, or the fact that Rey Mysterio is just still able to do this at his fucking age, man. Uh, both. I, it, I don't know. I, I like that Ray is, uh, Ray is going the opposite route of Ricochet. He's like, we're going to do some stuff, but we're going to slow it way down. <laughs> Like they're still doing lucha spots, but like they're trying to make it as clean as possible. I I love this ring gear for Ray though. It's like the Saudi flag built into his ring gear. Also, yeah. Ray has uh gotten. This is the first time we've seen Ray without a shirt on. He must be in the gyms. He's been wearing the full body uh body suit there for a while. Yeah, dude, it's just so crazy. I mean, I watch. Halloween Havoc during a match with him and Eddie during October. Cause I kind of do that every year. Um, and he just is so fucking fast. He looks exactly the same. Pretty much. Just a little bit that's more muscular. The, that's the same Halloween Havoc as the ultimate warrior versus Hulk Hogan. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, thankfully that's not. That one is um, still a fucking uh, a miss, but I think it's him and Piper in the cage. Oh, yeah. And Macho almost kills himself by going off the top and fucking doing an elbow drop and eating shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that one's a little better. That is a great, great match, though. The uh, Eddie Guerrero. Well, they always had good matches, but that one is uh, that one's very special. So, the one where Ray does a flip over the top route to the outside, gets fucking Eddie, you know, with his, his legs, with his head between his legs, and does a Hurricane Rana directly afterwards is ridiculous. No one had ever seen anything like that. One of my favorite um, Eddie Guerrero matches is from Hog Wild, and he wrestles Ric Flair, and they just have an incredible fucking match. Yep. Um, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, obviously legends, but that particular match as far as Eddie's WCW run is one of my favorites that and the Rey Mysterio match that you're talking about. Um, yep. It's just crazy. Cause like 
at, at that point, Ray was only, or like Eddie was only known as like a cruiserweight and was wrestling cruiserweight guys and then somehow got into a match with Ric Flair on a pay-per-view and they went out there and had the best match of the night. It's just kind of an insane point in time. Eddie was good for that, especially when he was even younger and he was a baby face when he wore the, um, the white, um, like one piece, you know, um, but they would throw him in there and have a match with Macho Man. He'd have a great fucking match. He'd lose, but he'd have a great match with Macho Man, you know, just random opponents. And he was an up and coming for sure at that time. Uh, and for those out there that haven't seen it, I have raved about it on this show before. Look up Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, CM Punk, and watch that match because yeah. I'm pretty sure that is the best match CM Punk's ever had. <laughs> it's it's fucking awesome, man. That's a great match for sure. <laughs> it's a fucking great match. This has also been a really good match. He is uh, Ray is making him fucking chain wrestle right now. <laughs> See, like, this is the thing about Ricochet. I love Ricochet. He, there's a lot that he could learn from, like, Ray Mysterio. A lot of modern luchadors could learn a lot from Ray. Yeah, I mean, just uh, a different game than just doing Lucha Libre, basically. Kind of being able to do other stuff. Yeah, spot, 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 spot. Which was like kind of my problem with the Ricochet Logan Paul match is that yeah it's cool they're doing a bunch of athletic stuff that's awesome like let's slow it down take it to deep water Ray um but Logan yeah, Paul showing know. frustration <laughs> yeah it's the it, you could say the same thing um I I do think that Pentagon is a little better about it than Ray Phoenix but you could you could say the same thing about I'm not just picking on WWE wrestlers is what I'm getting at. I think there's just a lot of that in modern wrestling in general. Yeah, that's honestly why I like Bandito, because I feel like he kind of throws a lot more technical shit in there than, say, someone like Vikingo or Ray uh, Phoenix, which I like them, too, but it's much more high spot driven. I feel like. Bandito, from what I've seen, especially when he was in Ring of Honor, kind of brought a technical game aspect. And that's why, at least to me, he kind of, out of all the guys nowadays, he kind of reminds me the most of Bray. Yeah, Bandito's great if he would just, like, not do that one fucking press spot for 40 seconds or whatever. I hate that, yeah. I don't mind him (laughs) doing it, like... You hold it up there for five seconds or whatever, but when it's like that, that or that's it's not a press spot. It's that stalling suplex thing. Like, that's I cool. hate stalling suplexes. Oh, they don't make any sense. Flair used to do it. It's supposed to be sold as it's rushing all the blood to his head, so it's more effective. It's the, but their legs would go limp after a while and fall down <laughs> if you're hurting them or if they're trying to get out. They're not going to stand straight in the fucking air. It's just... Like well, I also well, like, when you do I, it for I really 40 like, um, seconds, it's more ridiculous than like three or five. Like, you know, if you do it for like five seconds, it's not as ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and especially if they're holding them up really well and, you you know, it, it makes sense. But like, say big guys do this on tag teams. Like I like the Creed brothers a lot. I think they're great. But they'll do the suplex, tag the person, 
give him the person and then the other person super. I'm like, that's such a stupid spot. That makes absolutely no sense. But then again, we're watching Rey Mysterio, and I, I think the 619 is one of the dumbest moves in wrestling, even though I love Rey. The move itself is not dumb. It's just it takes how he sets it up. It's it's yeah, it's the setup of it that you it never happens naturally. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah, Logan's looking really good in this, man. I think he's going to win. His brother shows up and punches him. Did you see the Nagano fight with Tyson Fury? Dude, we should definitely talk about that. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Tyson, so did is Tyson Nagano going to end up beating him? I don't know, but did Tyson Fury just show up like way out of shape and not ready for that match? Because he got worked. Yeah, man. Um, that punch. Damn. That's all I got to say. Francis uh, is a monster. And that would have, I think eventually, because like, all right, so they're, they're planning on possibly, that was an awesome fucking spear to the outside. Great job with Ray, even based on the size, to be able to protect Logan no matter what. Um, but, all right, so say they set up Wilder and Nagano, which it looks like that's probably going to be the case. And then the winner goes back against Tyson Fury, even though they have like what two other WBC titles that they need to, you know, uh, whatever it's crazy in boxing sometimes, but anyways, the title Tyson has that they consider the main title, basically. Um, I think Nagano has a chance to beat him and it would be really awesome for someone to be the first guy to win the UFC championship heavyweight. And also WBC uh, World Heavyweight Championship. This is the problem with like Tyson Fury picking and choosing his fights the way he has, and all these people bailing out of fights because of pay, because he doesn't know how to prepare like the preparation to going into a heavyweight fight like that. Like I'm not making an excuse for him, but like. Nagano is not a fucking professional boxer. Like Tyson Fury should have been way better in that fight than he was. Um, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not taking anything away from Nagano because that was an incredible performance. I don't know that he's going to have that same performance against <laughs> Deontay Wilder. Um, but yeah, that, I'm going to watch it. That's for sure. That that might be a you come over and we'll get the pay per view <laughs> match. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's at least made the heavyweight division interesting again, just by him being there and having the level of fight that he had with Tyson Fury. Cause I like going into it, I kind of thought I was like, well, Tyson's gonna, he's going to drag the fight out and, and maybe that's what he was trying to do. And he just fucked up, but I thought it was going to be kind of like, uh, you know, how Mayweather has handled some of these kind of crossover fights. Did I lose you, Dane? You on mute, bud? Uh-oh. Me, I lost you. Oh, there you are. 
Sorry. I was on mute. So, yeah, I was just looking it up, man. I mean, the heavyweight division itself is so... Uh, they just have so many fucking good fighters. Um, obviously, Tyson's at the top, but, like, besides Francis, you got Wilder, you got Anthony Joshua, who still has his belt. Uh, you got Ruiz. You got, like, a lot of good fucking dudes now. So it's uh, interesting because for the first time, it looks like Tyson Fury is not the king of the mountain anymore. Yeah, either that or he just went unprepared into that fight. Which could be it. You know, at least he's not complaining about it and saying, Logan Paul oh, just well, saved Ray Mysterio Jr.'s life. Did you yes. see that? Yes. Yes, he did. Um, I... Uh, that that really almost that threw me off a little bit because I was watching yeah. that live just when you said that. He, he almost hibusa himself on that. I cannot believe Logan Paul got over there and called him. That was like very fucking scary. I just thought I just thought I'd witness the end of Ray Mysterio Jr. The instincts this kid has for not having a lot of fucking experience is ridiculous. Yeah, for someone that is not a professional wrestler to save an opponent like that, that's pretty fucking insane. Now now I feel bad about ever saying anything negative about Logan Paul because he just saved one of my childhood heroes. <laughs> it's okay. He's still a giant douche. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, sorry sorry about that, uh, people out there listening. <laughs> but if you just saw that spot, you probably did the same thing as well. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yes, the heavyweight division does look really, really good. And it, you know, like I said, you, I can't take anything away from Nagano. It just Tyson Fury did not look like the Tyson Fury we saw in that last Wilder fight. Now, I agree with you. How do you feel about the uh, decision? Uh, I mean, what he? There was one judge that like had a crazy score. I know that Rogan went off on him. Like, he had Nagano losing by, like, five points or something, and the other two had it by one. Um, I don't know. I, I, I never know, because obviously I'm not a professional fucking boxing judge. I, I never know how to feel about those decisions in general. So it looks like we got another match for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, okay. Will Ospreay and John Moxley. That'll be a good match. I'm definitely down for that. This has been a hell of a match. Minus Ray almost dying. Yeah. This dude, I mean, I'm telling you. I know he's working with Ray Mysterio, but like, Logan's pretty goddamn impressive. I like Ray doesn't even get shook after he almost died. He's like, well, okay, well, I'm going to go up and try to do another moonsault. That'll be great. <laughs> True professional. What Ray is this? Reverse Frankensteiner. No, they don't do that in WWE. That'd be sick, though. Nope. Oh, sunset. What would the fuck? A sunset flip throw? Jesus. Sunset bomb into a Canadian, or was it C4? Code red. It's kind of nuts. Code red. From Mr. Amazing Red, who invented it, so everyone else could overuse it. Yeah. 
Kind of like Petey Williams with the Canadian Destroyer. Uh oh. What the hell? Brass Knucks. That's one of his boys. Hey, I'm I'm okay for a heel fucking doing this. I'm here for it. Oh no, he lost him. Oh, <laughs> the dejection on his face. You're gonna have to do this legitimately, boy. This guy's about to get punted in the head by Santos Escobar. I think you're right. I thought he was going to come from the other side and just like do a running punt. <laughs> I want to run, dude. I think Santos is going to kill you. Why did he put that? Why would he do that? Uh, oh, I know what's going to happen now. Okay, yeah. But that was really dumb for Santos to. Oh, he nailed it. Superman punch. <laughs> You're, you should have tucked him into Ray's pants, though. That, that would have been the real hill thing to do. <laughs> there you go. That was a good match. That was a good match. Good ending. I like uh, Besides Santos fucking up on that. I don't know why they needed the fuck finish, though. Like, Logan Paul never looked like he was in real trouble throughout the match. They could have just had him one clean. That would have been fine. I guess they give, uh, they're trying to give Ray an out, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's Ray would have been fine. He doesn't, we just saw Cena get hit 60,000 times in the throat. Ray Mysterio is kind of on that same level. You know, Look, speaking of which, now that, we're, now that I'm thinking about it, one thing about Cena, I know he got kind of emotional with the whole crowd and shit, but uh, you get nailed in the throat six million times, aren't you going to be selling that? Yeah, you would Afterwards. think like 90s WWE, he'd been coughing up blood. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> they would add like a whole fake blood thing. Logan Paul's got his hydration drink. <laughs> Just prying US, all yeah. over the ring. Is Prime the official hydration drink of the WWE? Does he have the Ric Flair oh. contract? <laughs> hey, uh, everyone at AEW, watch, even though the dumb stuff with Santos Escobar, watch how they did all that. The referee didn't see shit, and they still cheated, and it wasn't directly in fucking front of them. Yeah, he should have um, tucked it into race trunks, though. That would have been, been perfect. Uh, that would have been funny. This is a good match. I don't like this new U.S. title, honestly. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yes. It's okay. It's just not. It It still looks like a toy. Yeah, it's not one of their better looking belts. I'm updating it on 2K23 right now as we speak. I actually dig that. Ray's like, you know what you I did. <laughs> that was funny. 
raise. So is I guess they're gonna. I'm assuming set up Santos to go and try to avenge Rey Mysterio with Logan. I mean, I, I guess it's WWE. I want AJ Ray and Logan. Ray should get a rematch, right? Yeah, I would have Ray have a rematch. Ray loses. I would have maybe Santos go for one. He loses. Maybe then Santos goes heel on Ray or some shit. And then I would set up AJ and uh, and Logan in a long term feud going forward for the U.S. belt. If it's me, yeah, I don't I have like the pencil that though. AJ would be a, a great opponent for Logan Paul. I think that's the best Logan Paul match that I've seen, honestly. But you know what's funny? We say that we say that every, every time. time. <laughs> every time, yeah. Well, no, I mean I like that. God, what was the first match he had? The one was with it um, Seth. Yes, I, I believe so. Yeah, that was my favorite up until this match. Um, the Ricochet one was good, but it's just, it was it was a lot of spots, right? So it's not really. This was more. Th- I think this showed more of what he could be if he was a full-time professional wrestler. Also, he saved Ray Mysterio Jr.'s life, so five stars. <laughs> Ray, five yeah, stars. No shit. God, that was terrifying. Karen was watching it with me and immediately looked over as soon as I said that and was like, holy shit. Because <laughs> Ray almost died. It's terrifying. I'm so glad Bianca Belair is back. Dude, isn't she fucking great? She's great. Um, I wonder how Mercedes Monet's uh, ankle is healing. I mean, outside of WWE, and they're not, you know, they're not the same. They have a lot of similarities with their characters. So I was wondering how. Mer- I wonder if Mercedes Monet is about ready to come back because, like, she was on her way to AEW. That would help their women's division a lot. They definitely need it. I had the uh, the privilege last night, since I was watching them at the same time, to watch an amazing match with, um, let's say Naomi. What what is she? Trinity, Trinity. Fatu. Yeah, Trinity Fatu, the Impact uh, Women's World Championship, going against Deanna Perrazzo. Um, last time, if Deanna and Gail Kim was the referee, if Deanna lost, she couldn't. Um, get another title match while Trinity had the belt because they've already, she's already lost, I think twice before that and uh, great match. And while that was happening, Bianca Belair was having an awesome match with Bailey on SmackDown. So that was pretty cool. Um, Gianna lost, but uh, she got pissed at Gail and pushed her. So it looks like Gail might be coming out of retirement again, which is cool. Mm, that is interesting. Another Gail Kim match. Kill versus Deanna. Haven't we seen that though? Haven't they done that before? They have. I think they definitely have, but I guess they'll extend that feud. This should be a really, really good match. God, EO is so fucking awesome. That's some pretty there were the cutest picture. pictures of her riding a llama and looking, or, or a, uh, I think it was either camel or a llama looking terrified. Um, so teeny yeah it sucks that they had all the interference in those matches with her and Asuka because they were like having 
they had two good matches back to back, but you have all the Charlotte and Bailey stuff that was happening kind of around the ring. Um, I'm assuming that EO's group's not here. I don't know. Could she drop? I mean, wow, she might drop the title here then. I don't know if I need Bianca with the title again yet, but I'll I'll take it. EO has had a pretty damn good run, but it's been all associated with the fact that Bailey kind of you know overstays her welcome involving it. Yeah, they've held that like you would eventually think that that would have already broken up at this point, but they've kind of held on to it a little longer than I would have liked. It makes me wonder if Bailey's like not a hundred percent or something. You know what I mean, like health wise, or she could have gotten banged up. She had a fucking her and Bianca had a pretty aggressive match last night on SmackDown, so maybe she is banged up. No, I mean maybe maybe I was I was talking about the past like God, what? How long has that storyline been going? Three months. Yeah. So maybe, well, yeah, the match she had on SmackDown, she looked fine. I, I just, I'm just trying to figure out why they've held on to that storyline as long as they have. That group should have already kind of broken up at this point. Who won the women's money in the bank? Did we already do the, we already did the cash in for that, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. My brain is just like, I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, EO had the, the cash in. Okay, she that's She used what, yeah, it on someone. God, Bianca is so damn strong. I like uh, EO's got on just Jeff Hardy circa 1999 outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of looks like it. <laughs> She's just missing the face paint. <laughs> All right. So I got this is pretty cool. So uh, April uh, or WrestleMania 2022, Logan Paul and The Miz defeated Dominic and Ray. His next match at SummerSlam, he defeated The Miz. Then he goes against the world champion Roman Reigns, Crown Jewel, and he loses to him. Uh, he was in the Royal Rumble, obviously doesn't win that, but then loses to Seth at Mania. Um. And then went against uh, or beat Ricochet and now just won against. So this is his, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six matches in a Royal Rumble. That's it. For uh, Logan Paul? Yeah. Oh, and a Money in the Bank that he lost. But he's been in six matches total, period, a Money in the Bank and a Royal Rumble. That's it. It, it's insane that he has gotten to the level that he's been able to get to in wrestling. Um, that I think that was his best match overall, honestly, with every, yeah. like everything he was doing in the ring. It, it felt more like a match and not just like, hey, let's set up Logan Paul spots. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I agree with you. You entertain uh, the fan just for a split second while I go and grab my food on the front uh, porch. Sure, sure. Uh, so right now we have the B A E S T, the best, the best, the E S T. What is what is Bianca's gimmick? Anyways, uh, she is dressed like a Teletubby, and Eos guy is kicking the hell out of her leg. That's uh, that's my play-by-play for this. Um, all joking aside, it is great to see Bianca back. I wouldn't be surprised if she wins the title here. It's kind of weird that the rest of the crew's not out here, as I was saying earlier. But um, yeah, this has been one heck of a show. I'm pleasantly surprised. I thought it was going to be good on the card alone but it's been a pretty good pay-per-view overall just uh watching it probably has start to finish pleasantly surprised i thought it was a good card but i didn't know how how much time they were going to give these matches they've given some of these matches like 15 20 minutes which i'm uh i don't know that makes this pay-per-view is probably going to run longer than the first night of mania <laughs> looking at it That's- yeah, this has definitely been or going to potentially be their longest pay-per-view in a while. Oh, this has been. Uh, they've this is like. I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. This is actually became something to watch each year um, or each time they go to Saudi they've stepped up their game and they've been having good pay-per-views, especially in comparison to what these crown jewels and the greatest, remember the greatest Royal Rumble or whatever the hell that say Shane McMahon won. Uh, In comparison to those, this show has been incredible. I completely agree with you. Especially like last year, I think it was the first one where, it really got on a different level when they had the press conferences and they had Logan Paul and Roman Reigns. God, I forgot that Logan Paul has only wrestled six matches. That's insane to me. If you had to I have had to one look it celebrity, up. you get you can pick Pat or Logan. You only get one for your promotion. Who would you pick? God. Man, they both took on to it very quickly. Um, they're both great on the mic. I think I'm going to take Logan. Just because yeah. I'm thinking as a promoter, Logan's, even though Pat's pretty big and he has his own podcast, ex-football player, uh, Hall of Famer, um, Logan's more known mainstream. And I think he's a little bit athletic while I more. I think Pat's a little bit better on the mic. So. Yeah, I think I'm kind of there with you. A quick question. So, so if you get Pat, you, you have a commentator as well. So there's that, I guess. <laughs> that is true. So do you think that, uh, especially since, you know, Logan and uh, Rick have been having a friendly um uh, what the hell rivalry with their two drinks? Do you think um, Prime's going to become the official WWE drink? I it seems like it already is, but <laughs> maybe that's what I was asking. Is, is he is he, he going to get the Ric Flair contract? They're going to put out a press release. That was so goofy. 
Like AEW, when it comes to that kind of stuff, it's just it seems so goofy to me. Like the way that they do these contract press releases and stuff. Like uh, I don't know. Like uh, Tony on Wednesday coming out and being like, "Hi, big announcement." We're going to do the show in London that we said already that we're going to do. And uh, you guys can start buying next month. (laughs) Okay. That could have been just a news update. Well, that and just like this wrestler is all elite. Like it it became a meme at some point. (laughs) It is a a meme. I I saw one about Ryback as a joke. (laughs) What a crazy guy that dude is. <laughs> have you ever have you looked at his social Please media? Me more at all. Oh, he's a he, psycho. Yeah, he's went into full conspiracy mode of like <laughs> like calling for federal investigations against Vince McMahon for tampering with his like workout products and stuff. Like it's batshit crazy. <laughs> Oh, for a guy that was like popular for four months, (laughs) he thinks very highly of himself. Is right back in the modern Jim Hellwig. (laughs) I was about to compare him to Jim Hellwig and Goldberg. (laughs) I I can't even, you know, as much as I hate Goldberg, (laughs) I can't even do that to Goldberg. I can't even put, I cannot put him in the same level as like Jim Hellwig and... And Ryback. Maybe at least same Warrior like won the title. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. Uh, what, what, is, what does Cornette call him? He calls him Fatback? Fatback. Or so, yeah, something to that effect. With, with Goldberg, there was something to Goldberg in WCW. He went on that incredible streak. And a lot of that is just bad WCW booking. Towards the and it, depending mean, on who he works with, some people could get a good match out of him. DDP got an excellent match out of him. Uh, Brock got good matches out of him, but it's it was based on who he was going against, basically. Yeah, and the fact that he basically ended the career of one of the greatest wrestlers of all time doesn't help. Yeah, him. I wasn't a fan of that either. And he's kind of a douche, which doesn't. <laughs> he's he's very high on himself. Uh, but like, as far as the, if you're putting him in, if we're putting him in comparison to like a Ryback dude, I'd rather you you would sign Goldberg over Ryback every day of the week, right? Like, oh yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean Goldberg's just kind of a pretentious douche, whereas Ryback seems legitimately crazy, like Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's fucking out there, man. This match is already better than the last women's match we watched. <laughs> so there's that. Oh, they're beating the hell out of each other. I'm always gonna like a singles match more than a five fucking person, though. There's just there's very few throughout the history of wrestling multi-person matches that will ever equate to like a good, like title title match. Yeah. 
Some three I mean, ways, but that's about it. I mean, I guess the Terry Funk, uh, Stevie Richards, Sandman three-way, I would say that was what I would consider a main event caliber like three-way match for the title. <laughs> Which wasn't even really for the title. It was to face Raven directly after winning <laughs> the three-way match. Um, I don't know. Paul Heyman was pretty good about booking those kind of matches. I, they're just kind of weird. You always have like an odd man out. Um, you have someone that like we just saw it in that match earlier where Nia Jax just died and was gone. <laughs> <laughs> she, she did. Got, what? She got, she got lifted too hard. Day. <laughs> that was what. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. She basically, and Raquel held her all the way until like a foot. And then she kind of hit it and was done for the rest of the match. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what yeah, was supposed to happen there. <laughs> like I said, it was like watching someone try to lift a mattress into a truck. <laughs> kind of. Oh like five or six. That's what it looks like. Like a cheerleader. I can do this. <laughs> just like a, or just me trying to lift a queen-size mattress by myself. <laughs> you know, just large and awkward. <laughs> Wait, when did Bailey get here? She just showed up. That and jerk. the world was happy. <laughs> I you know, love sometimes Bailey. I love Bailey too. And sometimes you look at her and you just realize that she is definitely part Puerto Rican. So <laughs> someone was like bashing uh, on uh bashing on her weight recently online. I was like, what are you talking about? Bailey's in such good shape. Yeah. Tell them to eat a dick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> yep. Internet fans, right? Yeah. The worst. The worst. All right, it's official. I got Logan Paul with that title. Got some uh some good champions, man. Oh, you're updating your <laughs> Rosters, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seth I Logan. To, I started to get that game the other day, but it's still like sixty dollars. You know why? Is because I I don't know what they're doing. I think they're they've really been working on this next one, but it doesn't come out until fuck. It usually comes out in uh, December or January. So normally this would be the time for the new game, but it doesn't come out until like April or March. So. I think it's smart that they're slowing down their releases, though, because I've heard this game is, like, much better than the last two. It's awesome. Because they spent more time. Now that I can legitimately play it on Legend, and I lose sometimes, but that's that's how it is. The flow of it is so much like an actual fucking match. Ridiculous. Yeah, I I heard that, like, the way they simplified controls a little bit and cleaned up a lot Mm -hmm. of the... uh, weird glitches and stuff made that game a lot better than it was. I just it starts off where you can just do you can just do basics at first and then you once you figure out how to do everything else you kind of incorporate it and that's it's a process but like you can just kind of you can button mash this game and and it still I think would work fine. Do they uh, still have Obama, where every move is RKO, because that was my favorite thing about the game I played with you. 
I uh, don't believe so, actually. <laughs> I, I love that. That's one thing that I thought the AEW game for sure was missing when it came out is I was like, I mean, that's like part of the reason I play those W. Well, the last few WWE games I did play is that people are just making like fucking Ronald McDonald <laughs> and stuff as a wrestler. Like the Internet community part of the WWE games kind of make them more fun than just the wrestling part. And dude, I will say, because some of these creator wrestler guys, they go from game to game and they have like a calling, they have a Twitter page, they tell people who they're releasing, they work. I'm just going to say that someone did pictures of comparisons to some of the better created wrestlers of each person in AEW and the arenas compared to the AEW video game, and it looks a million times better. Yeah, and we kind of knew that the AEW game was not going to look as good. But it was like, I don't know, like not having the content creation like online, that's like a big, like if you have to choose a $60 game, wrestling game, and you can get all the AEW wrestlers regardless, why would you not just get the WWE game? Exactly. I mean, if you could... What? Christopher? What happened? <laughs> you still there? Hey, Chris, can you hear me? Yes, I can. You still there? Yeah, my headphones just ate shit. They died. Um, they're out of uh, battery, but what the hell? I missed it. I had to step away for just a second. Well, you missed one of your favorite wrestlers returning. Oh, EO? No, Sorry, Stane just helped out EO. Oh. Oh, I thought you said you missed one of your favorite wrestlers winning. I was like, oh, who, EO? Oh, I missed Carrie. Oh. Yeah, Sorry. she's on the outside right now. She just helped her win, though. Well, I don't know how I feel about that. So she's part of the group now? Or she just really wants to kick Yo's ass? What is the... Where's the storyline go? She's getting the ring right now. Yep. I think she's going to... Screw over. Nope. She is a pirate princess. Put some spec on that name. Oh, we're going to get to see the best elbow drop in the world. But then does this mean that he is a split off from Bailey? I, you would think. Oh, it's so good. God, dude. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. Bailey looks shook. <laughs> Top three elbow drops of all time. Kyrie Sane, Shawn Michaels, Macho Man. Yep. They're pretty damn good. Those are those, those would probably be my top three as well. Hey, honorable mention to Joey Janela, though. Is 
got a really good it's a carbon copy of Macho Man's Elbow Drop, but it's pretty damn good. Yep. Zack Ryder's is also pretty good, or Matt Cardona's is pretty good. He just doesn't do it that often, so I can't can't put him on the list. Well, the thing about Matt, like you said with Joey and Jay Lethal, who all do great elbow drops, they all do, like you said, the Macho Man Elbow Drop. What I love about Sean, Macho, and Kari Sane is all three of theirs look completely different. Carrie's is like crazy because she like turns into a crescent moon. <laughs> it's like Dude, it looks nuts. like it looks like a fucking anime character. <laughs> but I also just I love Sean how he would springboard off the ropes to do it, same way Xavier does it. Well, Sean just looks good at everything he does. It's unfair. it's unfair. He should be removed from the list on principle. Huh? <laughs> He's just too good at stuff. <laughs> Seriously. Best frog splash. You got Eddie, RVD, and uh, Montez Ford? Yeah. I That's an easy top three. Yeah, I think so. Dude, Montez Ford that... looks like he's jumping out of the fucking building when he gets his. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I think that um, Seth has a good one. KO has a good one. A lot of people have good ones, but yeah, those are, and they're three completely different ones. All of them look different. <laughs> Michael Cole's such a dick. <laughs> KO hit the frog splash the first time. He's like, it's the bullfrog splash. <laughs> <laughs> and they've called it that ever since. <laughs> What's funny is that was like, that's Kevin Owens dialing back his moveset. <laughs> You're like, instead of doing a split leg and moonsault, maybe you just do like a frog splash. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, man, what do you think about where, where are they going to do with John Cena now? He's going to show up on SmackDown all sad. Well, AJ Styles is going to have to come out and. I mean, I guess that's the setup, right? Is AJ versus Solo? Not sure, but I feel like Cena's still going to lead a team, you know, at the next pay-per-view, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, but I mean, they, we have, what, four weeks? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Someone's got to someone's gotta make – maybe Cena goes out and he says he's going to retire and blah, blah, blah. and that's it, and Cody comes out and convinces him, and then, I don't know, someone jumps them, and that kind of sets Cena in a path to make a team to go against whoever, or something like that. But Kevin, I could and Sammy, Kevin, Kevin and Sammy make a lot of sense, just because they both kind of launch pad to the main roster off of John Cena during the U.S. title open run. Yep. Sammy then, could be that person, definitely. You need someone emotional that's like, what are you talking about? You are the greatest ever. You know, people love you. Kind of like really put it to them. Can't be LA Knight. That, that wouldn't work. Yeah, and LA Knight, I think, might be tied up in another rematch against Cena, or not Cena, against Roman, depending on how this goes. If Jimmy fucks up, is he out? 
<laughs> then it's not a bloodline. It's just like a bodyguard, Roman, and Ball. So I don't know that they could do that. Unless Jacob Fatu got out of his contract somehow. God, dude, I wish. <sighs> What's Tamatonga and Tongalo doing? They just wrestled last night. I know what they actually, they wrestled well. They wrestled this morning, I should say. Japan, it's weird. Was there any big matches? Uh, I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't see it. Um, I kind of briefly looked at the card. Look at Damian, man. Telling you, it's like Taker and Razor had a kid. Do you like this kind of rivalry between him and uh, Rhea Ripley as, like, who is the real leader of the group? Uh, I do, because Rhea is, like, obviously the real leader of the group, right? And Damian Priest, I've been saying, should be the odd man out anyways, because, one, I think Finn Balor is better as a heel, and Damian Priest, I think, can do, like, the Razor Ramon cool guy, bad, like, cool cool bad guy like the cool bad guy kind of thing that he was doing in nxt um so i'm hoping with kind of what they were setting up earlier with drew mcintyre maybe drew mcintyre is going to join that group and you're going to get uh you're going to get you know uh truth martinez god damn it (laughs) why can't i think of his name now i'm staring straight at him Damian, Damian Priest. Priest. Damian Priest is like the odd man out, and their new big guy is uh, Drew McIntyre. Because there's got to be a reason why they had that weird thing with Rhea, right? It, it would have been interesting. I know they didn't, but it would have been real interesting if Damian ended up cashing in and winning the title, and uh, Rhea loses the title. That would have been an interesting uh, way to start off Raw, but obviously they have a different way they're going about it. But well, they could do they could do kind of a. What I was thinking is that now Rhea can be in his ear and be like, he was gonna he was basically gonna take that. You beat you basically beat Seth Rollins, and he he was gonna come in and steal the title after all the work you did. You know what I mean? And kind of play up that a little bit yeah. to convince Drew McIntyre to attack Damian Priest kind of thing it would have made even more sense if he just straight cashed in and won but they're going for the long play they've been doing that with most of their storylines or their top storylines anyways so absolutely oh look at cody dude he looks like a 80s action figure i don't know if his gear is just it's well, his, his jackets are just M. Bison. <laughs> yes, like, they are. Just, you talk about your parents dying and all of that, but for me, it was just a Tuesday. <laughs> Something to that fact. Street, Street Fighter, Street Fighter the movie. You guys remember that? Raul's Julia, right? R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. The only good thing about that film. <laughs> Yes. That movie is fucking terrible. 
hey, we need a uh, we need a American um, action star to play, you know, the American character Guile. Who should we get? Hey, John Van John Claude Van Damme's really cool right now. Huh? Did they really... did they call like Dolph Lundgren and he was like, I can't, I'm busy. <laughs> Dolph looks like him at least. No, because yeah. John, I love John Claude Van Damme, but. I mean, the, the accent kind of right away goes, oh, yeah, this guy's not from the U.S. Yeah, like, if you think of, like, Dolph Lundgren and the Punisher. Yeah. Like, as Guile, with his, like, bleached his hair, and he does the high pop like he had in Rocky Four. Like, there you go. There's your Guile. That would have made a fuck ton more sense than John claude I mean, other than John claude can do, <laughs> you know, sick kicks and stuff. But, you know, oh. Guile is Guile as a character is not... A karate master in Street Fighter 2, really. He's a punch punch sonic boom flash kick guy. He's considered a charge character, some might say, if you're into fighting games. Oh, no, exactly. Now you could just cast Cody Rhodes. I'm sure WWE is working on making the new Street Fighter uh, movie right now. <laughs> Remember, they used to make shitty films all the time. I'm, I kind of miss that. <laughs> How many did I, was, I actually watch? I watched See No Evil. It wasn't what was the one with Kane? See No Evil is not that bad with Kane. That's no. probably the best movie they ever did. Maybe the first Marine with John Cena. They did something else that was actually like an indie movie not too long ago that everyone, including myself, was like, "Wow, I can't believe WWE produced that." But I can't remember what the fuck it was. They were behind that one with Soraya. The oh, really? That might have been it. Uh, well, that that her life story, whatever the hell that was, that like The Rock and WWE co-produced that thing. Yep. Was it fighting for family or fighting with my family? Or I can't remember. Fighting with my family from Britain. That was terrible. Um, her brother's getting a tryout for AEW. I heard. Awesome. The the one from the movie where she kind of stills his thunder by getting hired. Yeah, from what I remember, and I apologize if I'm wrong, anyone that knows him or her personally, but he had a lot of issues, I'll say. Um, but he's cleaned up a lot, so that's great if he actually ends up coming to AEW because he was a top prospect for a while and kind of just hung around the UK scene after that for a while. So. Now, that being said, this did come from Meltzer, so don't get mad at me if he doesn't ever get signed by AEW, or if he just has a tryout and we never hear anything about it. So take take that with a grain of salt. Well, you know, just yeah, based on the person I talked to last night, uh, I heard this, and uh, yeah. Well, we also don't know what – I mean, tryout could mean that he's trying out to work at the like their training facilities with, like, Dusty or whatever. I don't – you know what I mean? doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be – fucking in ring of honor or something all right man so it looks like from what i'm looking at we got two matches left got this one in the main event god dude i love damian priest everyone's got to realize he's got like this ddp concept to him because he's in his fucking mid-40s or not his mid-40s what he's almost 40 i believe but he's much older when he's getting popular with his hair the way it currently 41. is yeah 
with his hair the way it currently is, doesn't he just remind you of the first guy that the crow kills <laughs> in the movie <laughs> The Crow? <laughs> Where he's like, Halloween's not till manana. <laughs> It's Did just people... the hair. It's literally just the hair. But... <laughs> well, the eyeliner, I guess, isn't helping either right now. But Hey, he's tough. It's called guy liner. Fucking <laughs> later in that movie, it has one of my... There's two really funny lines in that movie. One is the guy that plays the main bad guy in The Warriors. He goes... He stuck all his knives and his different appendages and organs in alphabetical fucking order. <laughs> it's just great. <laughs> and then the other one is by Worm, or no, not by Worm, by the uh, Skank. He goes, "Goddamn foreign cars," and I'll laugh every time. <laughs> I don't That's know why. Awesome. I watched that movie recently, so it's fresh in my head. Nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, quit. Sorry, my cats are uh, having their own. You're good. You can't really hear them. I'm sure mine was in the uh, microphone a little while ago. Damn, Damien's <laughs> like, hey, so guys, Ilya, you know, and 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 our, and uh, Carmelo or. Fucking Kenny and MJF. When you're doing all the shit on the outside, or everyone in AEW for that instance, see what Damian Priest did? He went back in the fucking ring and came back out and broke the count. Maybe just do that instead of making the ref look stupid. Shit annoys the hell out of me, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it bothers me as well, but I've just accepted that it sucks at this yeah. point. I don't want to. I mean, it's like that. It's not just. It's not WWE. It's not just WWE. It's not just AEW. It's not. It's every company does yep. it. Oh. <laughs> What's funny about that is that Damian Priest's finisher used to be the crossroads. Yeah, that's true. When he was, yeah, I remember that. Uh, that table gave them the Randy Orton treatment and just did not break. Someone Poor should Cody. clip together. Yeah, someone should tr- like clip together every time Randy Orton has tried to do an RKO on a table and the fucking thing just doesn't break. <laughs> There's got to be like at least 60 moments. He said, and I've heard this from other wrestlers, that that makes it hurt way more. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the idea of going through a table is that it will kind of like break your fall on the way down. Especially yep. if you're going from the outside, you know, like from the top rope to the outside or something like it'll it's going to slow down your momentum, essentially. But <laughs> oh, oh, crossroads. But Cody can't do it. He can't capitalize. Cody's got to dig deep here. I feel like JR being on commentary for this match would have made it great. I hope when JR finally leaves AEW, he gets used in fun situations like that. Well, there's Finn Balor creeping around. Good old Prince David.
JD McDonough. Got dropped. Come on. Cody's just on a fucking dusty road. Oh, damn. That didn't look good. Oh, jokes land. One and two. Kick out. J- JD McDonough's having a rough night out. <laughs> we were putting over how good he is, and he's had like. Like he's I said, not man, that good. He kind of like Austin Theory. He's going to play the runt for a little while. He'll get his ass kicked. No, I just meant like in ring. Like he has not had a he's not had his best uh best night. Hey, look at yeah. there's Dominic. God, everyone hates Dominic. Even Saudi Arabia also sounds like they fucking hate him. Oh. <laughs> It's a fucking super kick party. Wow. I've always known this about Jay and Jimmy. Uh, their super kicks seem to uh, land, if you will, a lot more than most. <laughs> yeah, they make their shit look good, dude. <laughs> Keep it snug, baby. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, in comparison to, like, the Young Bucks, yeah, their shit. <laughs> oh, Cody Cutter, Cody Cutter. They also do that thing where they like they curve their foot, so maybe they maybe they're just like really really good at like not making contact when they do that curve on the super kick. I don't know, but it does look like they straight murder people. If one of them were gonna kick me, I would definitely get my hands up. <laughs> I would go with the uh, protected chair shot pose on that one. So this is just like there is, there's nothing on the line for this is just a match, right? Like, yeah. Well, it's because even though he's fine right now and not really selling it, a couple of weeks ago I guess when Damien and Dominic uh, pulmonized his leg is what set this up. But oof, that was a nice sidekick. Nothing about Damien's age. Based on his fucking height, he's so agile. I'm kind of glad he doesn't do the uh, the jump to the outside where he hit the middle rope. Nope, that wasn't the count. Where he hit the middle rope and would jump over it because he almost killed himself one time. And it's just something that heel shouldn't do, really. But he, he, uh, he, he thought that fucking Cody Cutter was coming from the other shoulder. <laughs> so he had to, like twist in midair when he took that bump i don't know if you saw that yeah (laughs) yeah he's 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 great dude he's phenomenal athlete i do miss the i I do miss the old name punishment martinez yeah it's just so goofy that i love it (laughs) How hard would you pop if Cody hit a spinning tombstone? <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Channel is in a Okada. <laughs> Boom. Oh, he's going to pick up again. This is not going to make... Well, I guess Damien... 
I don't know. He's already kind of on a, a bad streak right now. So a loss to Cody Rhodes is not going to kill him. Yeah, I mean, pretty much anyone that faces Cody in a singles match is going to lose right now because that's the, the that's well that and he's the guy that's supposed to take down Roman and Roman's not going to lose. So yeah, build that streak, baby. I don't know the words of this song, but I always think that it's like, uh, I when it gets to this part, like, my name it is Cody Rhodes. Might as well be the lyrics to this song. I know some of the lyrics. You know what? One of the dumbest things AEW ever did, booking wise. What's that? Ma- making it so that Cody could never challenge for their title. Yeah. <laughs> in storyline. And then not finding a way to re-sign him. So two really dumb things. Yep. Well, me and you were both not sour, but we were kind of bored with him for a lot of his shit that he did there. But that really, it shows that if he goes somewhere else, you know. I don't know. He's one of the greatest baby faces of the modern era. Um, well, it's kind of hard. They did all that dumb. They did some very dumb fucking booking. <sighs> to the point where it was almost like he had to turn heel. This is like working with the fucking nightmare family or whatever. They just some really dumb shit. Hey, but he left AEW fans with one great AEW match before he left, which is that his final match with Sammy Guevara. That shit was a banger. Sammy always talks about, or has talked about it at least, about how much that meant to him, having that one last big match with Cody Rhodes. That match with Wardlow was also great. Okay, so these are the lyrics. I'll tell you, because I didn't know all of them. Adrenaline in my soul. Every thought out of control. Oh, I do thought it, it was. My do thought, my it thought all was, to get it off their feet. Crowd is here, about to blow. Waiting for me to start the show. Out the curtain, lights go up. I'm home, and that's the. Yeah, the third line. I always just think, my name it is Cody Rhodes. That's what I always yell when. <laughs> uh, every thought. Yeah, that's the only one I really did not know that well. Every thought out of control, and my name is Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, see, it works. <laughs> now you're going to do it. It's going to be like when Roman had the old song, and that guy was like, Roman Reigns, the guy with the wettest hair. <laughs> I'm not the basis from Metallica. <laughs> By the way, if you guys have not seen that, look up the Roman Reigns theme song parody. Um, where it is just the S.H.I.E.L.D. theme song with the guy singing about Roman Reigns. He's not the bassist for Metallica, Dane. Um, actually, brother, I'm the bassist of Metallica. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, Lars was asking me, brother, in the 70s when Metallica started, um, if I wanted to be... (laughs) But anyways, dude, I was, like, uh, traveling 387 days a year, brother. But then, you know, 
So we asked Andre the Giant to be the drummer, but we couldn't get him behind the kit. <laughs> so AEW, when they started, it was like, we will never bring in Hulk Hogan. And it's like, well, you brought in Ric Flair. Like, so when's Hogan showing up? <laughs> That's the... Yeah. When's Hulkamania running wild, brother? <laughs> I think you know, I've got a lot to teach Ke- uh, Kenny Omega. I think there's a thing or two I can teach him. <laughs> Kenny Omega is like kind of like me a lot. I, I, I mean, I know I do a lot more complicated stuff when I was wrestling, but. We're both uh, IWGP champions, you know, got that in common. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Here's a modern health Hogan. Fucking the tribal chief. <laughs> More like what Vader could have been if they booked him right. <laughs> yeah. It's time. That's what I'm going to be for Halloween next year. I was Mick Foley this year. Next year, I'm going to be fucking Big Van Vader and get the Mastodon, the metal helmet. <laughs> steam coming out of it. <laughs> I love watching WCW and Vader just ends up, a lot of times they'll just take it the fuck off before it starts like blowing shit out like, Sergeant Heavy, just hold it in there. <laughs> well, like, apparently it like went off one time while he was wearing it, like burn his face or whatever, so he got way more cautious about that fucking thing. That wouldn't be good. Yeah, I'd be pissed about that. I also love hearing the stories of people just talking about how much they love Leon, but how how terrible, especially his glove smelt because he never washed his fucking gear, and how people would give him shit about it. And actually, a lot of people don't know this, that even though Vader was a huge guy, he was kind of a softy, a little bit uh, very sensitive. But he can whoop your ass, too. Yeah, specifically, the Sean story comes to mind, right? Because Shawn Michaels is a dick. Was a dick. I don't know. Maybe he still is a dick. Who knows? Hey, you know, I, I don't know. You know I kind of look like uh, Robert Gibson these days. If you really wanted to fuck with Shawn Michaels in a promo, you'd be like, are you looking at me? Or <laughs> are you staring off at my guy? Because <laughs> uh, he's got a wonky eye. Yeah, one goes this way, the other one... She stops it. It's amazing. <laughs> Do you remember when uh he like left WWE and had like a hunting show and they did a bunch of Christian movies? No, I didn't know he did Christian movies. <laughs> yeah, he has a whole IMDB page. You should go watch some of those. They're great. I'm 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 uh, I'm I think I'm done. No, dude. I mean seriously, check them out. <laughs> uh, five five stars. <laughs> You know, it's weird because there were two movies that were actually produced by a Christian company that I ended up liking this last year. So maybe the one with Shawn Michaels won't be that bad. I doubt that, though. Um, because you the know, other like, two how good life- <laughs> Do you know how good Lifetime movies are? Yeah, kind of. I remember watching the fucking terrible one with, um, what was it? It was like a 30-minute movie about Colonel Sanders played by... Slater, AC Slater from fucking Saved by the Bell in like a stupid love story. Okay, so imagine that, but like five degrees worse. 
Sounds like a classic. And about the Lord. God, look at that fuck. He's got that (laughs) swagger, that, that, that. I love LA Knight. Do you remember when he won the NWA? Or I don't know if he won the NWA. It, it wasn't a heavyweight title. Maybe it was their TV title or whatever. And he's cutting the after promo. And he's like, champagne. And he says something and he's just like, shoes. And he's like, did I just say shoes? Yeah. <laughs> so, like he fucks up and just goes with it. It's like one of my favorite wrestling promo things. What was that car commercial where Ric Flair was in it before he lost it because of the uh, documentary? Where LA Knight is interviewing him and he chops him. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember. Then Car Shields, maybe, or some shit like that? Yeah, car, that sounds right. Car Shields, yeah. And then but LA like, Knight well, we the, uh, is giving an interview and, and interviewing Rick Flair, and Rick starts screaming, chops him in the chest. See, this Dude. is the problem with people white knighting and getting so offended online is that you should continue to stay offended. Just like AEW, you should have continued to stay offended if it really affected you guys that much. Yep. Now he's got a fucking energy drink sponsor, a weed sponsor, and he signed to an AEW contract all within like a year and a half. You guys really weren't that concerned about what Ric Flair did 15 years ago, it turns out. Yeah, there's that whole thing fucking... That shit drives me crazy because at least just stay consistent. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've talked about this in the past. Like, if you're going to be pissed off about something, stay consistently pissed off about it. Like me and, and Nia Jax, I'm consistently pissed off by her. <laughs> exactly. Dude, look at Roman Reigns, man. Seriously. I mean, dude, look at Paul Heyman. Seriously. It's <laughs> looking good. <laughs> Looks like two pigs fighting over a beer. <laughs> that sounds like some shit Cornette would say. <laughs> I thought he did say that about him. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Checks out. Thank every Jesus time he talks about, every time he talks about his aunt Lola, I was like, I had an aunt Lola. <laughs> it's like a weird connection with me and Cornette. We both had aunt Lolas. So. Are they the same lady? No. <laughs> I mean, maybe we do live in the South. It's possible. Ah, WWE title. For the longest time, I thought these were like chili peppers because I never pay that much attention to the entrances. <laughs> He's talking about Roman Reigns. Uh, is it a necklace or whatever? <laughs> By the way, it's, but uh, it's hilarious. It is like a, it's like something that grows on the island and is, it's not, but it's not a chili pepper. <laughs> Probably got some name like Makawatalata or some shit like that. Uh, I, I had no idea, but I, I thought they were just like little red chili peppers. <laughs> like, like, all right. I like that it matches your glove and boots. <laughs> Roman Reigns is going to go down as like uh since hitting the main roster, the only gear change he's really had is like he doesn't wear the vest anymore. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like, it's literally he has red boots now. I guess that's the thing. <laughs> Thank God he doesn't have the fucking shield music anymore. His new his new theme's awesome. It is awesome. I kind of do miss the shield theme though. Just you miss. 
this team <laughs> so much for Roman. <laughs> the guy with the wettest hair. He's not the basis from Metallica. <laughs> Does have what hair? Dude, Roman shit-talking the fans is, like, the, my favorite thing in any of Roman match, <laughs> by the way. It's great. Like, in that Cody match at Mania, he had, like, a bunch of, like, one-liners as he was beating Cody's ass. It was pretty funny. Eli Drake always looks surprised at the beginning of a match. That he's just like, oh, shit, I guess we're about to do this. I don't know what it is, but he makes this face where he's like, huh. Wow, I didn't realize that he – Michael Cole just said something cool about how this is the fourth Saudi Arabian championship match that he's had. And the other three, he beat the men with it being Brock Lesnar. Who was the second person he said? And then Logan Paul obviously was last year. Uh, either Goldberg or Bray, right? Goldberg. That's what he said. He said he beat Brock, he beat Goldberg, he beat Logan. So if he beats LA Knight, he is undefeated as a champion in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Do you remember when they created this giant monster called The Fiend and then just had Goldberg spear and pin him in like five seconds? Oh, God. Jesus. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, you know what? Fuck Goldberg. <laughs> it's not Goldberg's fault. He didn't put the I know, but still. <laughs> Taker was like, fuck Goldberg when he dropped him on his head. <laughs> I'm going to get you. And I'm going to smash you. Okay. You ain't the champion. You ain't the tribal chief. <laughs> Ooh, some jaw jacking. I'm surprised. I think both me and you were were very surprised that it took Eli Drake to get this far because I assumed when he showed up that Vince was going to push him immediately. And Vince didn't. I think you know what I really think it is. I think that maybe Vince was I don't know still was mad about Mr. Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was similar to how he felt about Ken Kennedy, but the fact that both him and LA Knight are very, very much. 50% rock, 50% stone cold with their personality. And he's like, I've already had a stone cold. I've already had a rock, you know? But I didn't stop him from wanting to push Mr. Kennedy to the moon. I, I just assumed he would be like, oh, God, this guy's a money. This oh. guy, he's got a joke. He's going to puke. RIP draws. Yes. RIP draws. <laughs> Roman, you're the fucking best. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Roman's great. R.I.P. R.I.P. to um, uh, Matthew Perry too. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that too much. It's crazy. I watched. Uh, I watched that movie with him and Chris Farley. What the fuck is that movie called now? Where they're explorers. And they're I trying forgot. to. Yeah. I had just watched that like two days before. And then my wife's like, 
you know Matthew Perry died today? And I was like, what? You're fucking with me. And she was like, no, I'm dead serious. I was like, God, that's like just out of nowhere. Because I hadn't thought yeah. about Matthew Perry and nothing against. I, li- I, I love the whole nine yards. Uh, yeah. And I watched a fuck ton of friends. So sucks, dude. The guy was like, what, 52? Yep. He had a lot attack of in the hot tub. That sucks. He had a lot of demons, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't know that much about Matthew Perry. I just anytime someone goes that young, it's just terrible. Ooh. Did they come out with his official cause of death? Not to be fucking morbid, but I just assumed that he had like a heart attack and drowned. Well, they found, I don't know if they've connected it or not, but they definitely found prescription uh, pills at his uh, home. Basically, he was a recovered drug addict for a while. He even opened up some houses around where he lived called the Perry House for people that were trying to get over, uh, you know, their addictions and stuff like that, sobriety houses. And I don't know if this was something coincidentally he prescribed to or whatever, but um, they found them, so I don't know if that is what caused it, but there's a good chance that maybe whatever, if he took it, speculative-wise, that might have caused the heart attack that caused him to drown in the first place. So this this happens to a lot of people um, where they'll take like a painkiller and then drink and then get into like a bath or a hot tub or something that raises your body temperature. Don't do that, listeners nope. out there. Very bad idea. Man, LA Knight's fucking bringing it right now. Yeah, Roman's selling his ass off. Roman's new. Uh, Roman has become like the smartest wrestler in all of WWE. By the way, he just like hits like three things, sells ninety percent of the match. Superman punch, <laughs> spear, goes home. <laughs> it's very smart. <laughs> He's gonna be able to have like a Ric Flair length career at this point. <laughs> With the amount of shit he does. Basically. You know, I just love how people complain about how often he wrestles. And it's like, when he was wrestling and champion off and on and there constantly, every fucking night doing every house show, you guys hated him. And you also bitched about Brock doing the same fucking thing. So Yeah, isn't that weird how that works out? It's like, we fucking are so tired of seeing this guy. Well, why does he never show up? It's like, well... You guys That's told the idiot. company that you were tired of seeing all of his matches. <laughs> so yeah, they gave you like less a, of them. <laughs> at this point, he's got like, what, six kids? He's got like a million, like a whole litter of them. So Limited schedule. If you're still making people come to the goddamn pay-per-view and watch the show, it doesn't matter. I mean, what? I mean, he's held the belt for like 700 days. As a champion, he doesn't have to fight every night. <laughs> Dude, if he gets the mania, he beats everyone's record besides Bruno. If you if you treat if you treat this as a sport, he has beat everybody's ass. Like he doesn't yeah. have to show up anymore. He can just show up when he wants to. Dude, it started off with him beating Braun and the Fiend in the same match, and within there he also beat Brian Danielson and Edge at the same time. Stacked them on top of each other. Besides everyone else. And it's like he yeah like I said he's beat everybody. Like yeah Roman doesn't have to show up to work like everybody else does. <laughs> No, he's part of the reason why this rise has happened in popularity. 
I mean, I just hope like Roman just starts cutting the Allen Iverson promo when people ask him like why he's not at an event. He's like practice. <laughs> <That's what laughs> practice. Health practice gonna make my team better. <laughs> that's that's basically. I mean, when you're Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar and they book you the way they book you, you don't need to be on every show. No. Certain people have have you know they've earned that concept. We're not in the nineteen you know late seventies eighties. Fucking Roman doesn't need to work house shows. That's what Seth is for. <laughs> Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no, all, all kidding aside, I mean, I get I get the complaint, but with the way the story they the storyline that they have built for Roman is perfect for a guy that's not going to show up at every show because his presence is still there even if he's not right. Yeah, he's I, he's brought he's brought down to a halt, man. He's grinding fucking LA Knight right now. Also, people that say they love old school wrestling and then hate Roman Reigns, I am baffled by because he is like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like what I was just saying. He's like the most old school. It's literally just him shit talking, some rest holds, punch, (laughs) like sell, sell, sell. Dude, right, it's, let's it, go it, to the finish. <laughs> dude, it's like MJF. Remember when everyone was like, well, MJF is not really that great of a wrestler in the ring. It's like, well, I don't know. I mean, he wrestles very old school. But then he had to go against Brian Danielson. Um, and now that he's a babyface, keeps on doing stuff that normally he wouldn't do. Like the match with Kenny where, what was it after Kenny's fucking uh, dive to the outside? He missed it. And MJF came back and did a fucking backflip into him. Um yeah, maybe shut up. If people are doing like a more methodical pace, they might just be doing that because they don't have to do all the extra shit. Doesn't mean they can't do it. I think Randy Orton's a good example of that. Yeah, I mean, like if Roman Reigns want, like we just saw Logan Paul, who is not a trained wrestler, have a great fucking match. If Roman Reigns wanted to have that kind of match, and you give him like an AJ Styles, I'm sure he could have that kind of match, right? Like, a, like if you wanted to do a bunch of fucking high spots, dude is a former <laughs> fucking college football player <laughs> a superb athlete i think that if he wanted to do some high spots he could that's the problem man too many goddamn high spots now everybody thinks that if you don't do a high spot you suck and then john like people like john cena get too in their head about that shit and start doing trying to do like springboard stunners and shit yeah i agree i also hate that it seems like when someone says someone's a good wrestler they're more talking about their aerial abilities than anything else. Um, and that's not like when people talk about Sean, how Brady is. Yeah. He could do aerial stuff, but it's not just that that makes him great. Um, it's a selling it's the moves in be- or movements in between his finesse. Naturally his technical abilities on the ground. It's everything encompassed, not just him doing cross bodies and elbow drops and shit. Yeah. I, I don't know. The one thing about being the like this is going to happen to Cody as well if he becomes the champion and goes on a long run. As soon as you are the guy in WWE, everyone just fucking hates you, I guess. <laughs> Unless your name is Brian Danielson. Because we were getting the same kind of shit when Punk had the belt for a long time. It's like, well, he's not really that good. 
And then as soon as like he left, people were like, oh, my God, we miss CM Punk so much. Yeah, I was there for that, guys. Out there, <laughs> internet wrestling community. You fickle fucks. Uh, it's a good match so far. That's been yeah, looking it's, good. It's, uh, it kind of has like a, a it has like a Rock Triple H feel to it, which is not a bad thing. Dude, I was about to say the same thing. Definitely about to say the same thing. Kind of the opposite, though, where you would think Roman would be doing the Rock shit, but he's more doing like the Triple H shit. But well, Rock, he definitely has some Rocky in him, just from his character. Yeah. But he has a lot of Triple H, man. He reminds me the heel version reminds me of Triple H. Like I said, I think the big it's like Denzel from Training Day and Triple H. Now that's the movie I want to see where they just redo Training Day, but Triple H is the main character. So uh, what uh, are you uh, gonna do today? Uh? <laughs> that's so weird, man. LA Knight, yeah, it's like everything that he does. It's either that reminds me of The Rock or that reminds me of Austin. It's it's so strange how naturally kind of just has that balance, if you will. I guess this crowd work now this crowd work kind of reminds me of the rock too, but it reminds me of Austin. Oof. That looked like it connected a little bit. I'm sure Roman will give him a receipt. It's fine. <laughs> oh. There's a Yanagi. I guess Michael Cole called the rock bottom. The difference uh, is he missed the rock bottom earlier that Solo hit. <laughs> that was an actual rock bottom. So the Uranagi means you stand kind of like a choke slam, if you will, and drop them. If it's rock yeah. bottom, you go all the way to the floor. Yeah, it's the one where Joe tries to put you through the center of the fucking ring. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, Joe, man. Is he not like one of the the best things about AEW? Dude, yeah. easily. He's, he's my favorite. I love him. He was my, he's my favorite everywhere he goes, though. He just, he's just great, man. They Offer. wasted him. Oh. Oh, shit. Spinning neckbreaker. That was sick. Oh, that looked cool. Oh, and now his version of the, of the uh, people's elbow. Spear. Oh, Superman punch. Roman ain't playing that shit. He ain't about to get hit with a rock in the people's elbow. <laughs> See? Look at Paul Heyman! I know. Paul's so great. See, I love, don't get me wrong, I love, you know, 60-minute technical wrestling masterpieces. There's something to be said about this kind of WWE match that I still really appreciate and really love. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Wham! Because by no means is this going to be Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega. But it's it's like you have to judge it different. It's like a different music genre. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's... it's Okay, how about I put this? It's like middleweight or, or uh, 
boxing or UFC compared to heavyweight. Yeah. Or like speed metal and then Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or that too. <laughs> you can like both. <laughs> I do. One day Roman's going to come out with like a fucking singlet on. <laughs> it's going to freak people out. They're going to think he's Wardlow at first. <laughs> like Wardlow got a tattoo on his arm. Oh, it's Roman. A singlet? <laughs> but his dad is dead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Christian. Oh, wow. I love the way he does that, but that is such a dangerous concept. What, when he does the nip up and he actually does the superplex from the top rope? Yeah, that that leap. There you go. There's the elbow drop. Well, now he's definitely getting speared. (laughs) Nah, nah, nah. It's such a cool move, but I get what you're saying because we've seen him slip doing that spot a few times. Yeah, and I just think, like, you know, Pat McAfee's done it. Um, you know, uh, who else? Shelton used to do it, but God, if you fuck up, man, that could really fuck you up and make the whole thing look stupid. <laughs> Whoa, that's it. No way. Dude, the camera zoomed a little too far into uh, LA Knight's uh, nether region. Oh, did you see his uh, balls? Oh, yeah, I think I might have saw some balls. <laughs> Model saw some balls. Because he had to save Jimmy's ass. Either that, or he had, either that or he had skin-colored Spanx on. Hopefully it was Spanx. Otherwise, everyone in the entire world watching this saw his balls as well. Did you see my balls? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what the worst part about Hulk Hogan going all crazy and just making up a bunch of stories is like one of my favorite wrestling stories is now could potentially be untrue. Which is Hogan wrestling after Andre jumped on him and he shit himself. <laughs> that is a good one. But now we now I can't believe it, Dane. <laughs> you can still believe it. I can't pick and choose what to believe from Hogan. You gotta you gotta just say like either it's all bullshit. I'm talking that shit. I love how the first one we started with kids in the front and all the, uh, you know, people a part of the, the Saudi Arabian, uh, you know, family, but none of them really doing anything. So now everyone's into it. 
I mean, I think that's just like these events have kind of changed like over time, you know, like they had like throne chairs for the royal family. The first one, like actual like high back chairs and shit, which was kind of wild. Um, the hell Roman doing? What's he selling? Ah! He's got yeah, him in the bulldog choke. He got him. Uh, does he got TMJ? He's uh, yeah, he's putting the plumber Moxley on him right now. <laughs> oh, Selena not coming back. Shit, wrap them legs, Roman. Shit, fuck you doing? Oh, he's going to be out, but he's going to have his foot on the rope. Which shouldn't matter, by the way, because, like, okay, they didn't do that spot. I was like, if you get choked out, it, doesn't, it shouldn't matter that you touch the rope. Whoa! Damn you dastardly, Jimmy. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered anyways, because Roman's leg was under the rope. But, yeah. They just got way too close to the ropes for that spot. I like you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know who I miss? Who? Randy Orton. <laughs> They'll be back soon. Uh. Uh, Dave was reporting that I think they said they're trying to find a spot to put him in, but he should be back in the next month. So, or I saw, I saw a write-up of him saying that. But, um, yeah, because that's why. I, I love Randy's fucking side slam to the table. Especially when they don't break, and then he does the oops face like he did with the uh, the Singh brothers. Oh my Jeez. god, that's because he launched that dude. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but I hope I kind of I don't know what's going on with what they're gonna do with him. They might make him a baby face, but if he comes back and like just fucking RKO's the shit out of like Cody or something like that, I'll be completely happy. Oh, there you go. That's it. The crowd don't seem upset. They're all just (laughs) throwing the one in the air. (laughs) Even though he's an arrogant douche, it's hard to not like Roman Reigns. He's not like most heels. Even if he says shitty things about wherever he's at and the people, I don't know. It's because he's cool. Yeah, it's too bad that these companies don't want to get together and make a lot of fucking money because him versus MJF would be fun. Yep. They could each be our scumbags. They could bring the wrestling community together. Nice sell job by Jimmy. Yeah, I mean... We kind of knew that was going to go that way, right? <laughs> like, 
But here's the thing. He looked good in it, and he looked good in the feud itself going back and forth. So I think we have potential for more. Yeah, I mean, there's just not a whole lot that you can do about Roman right now. I mean, it's it's going to Cody. That's the plan. They're going to stick with the plan. I mean, the only other person is probably The Rock. And I don't think he he would still probably win in that scenario. But um, that's the two opponents at WrestleMania. And hopefully it's Cody. Yeah, and that's no offense to The Rock. I like The Rock, guys. I just... I don't even think there needs to be a championship match. And if you do it like Chris does it, I'm fine with it too. But, you know, I don't need that to be what Roman's match is at Mania by itself for the title. I think that would kind of suck. No, you can still get the same effect of having Roman versus The Rock night two or whatever because he saves. He he keeps the interference from happening that Roman has been relying on to win these matches. Yep. Which I think is the way they're going to go if they do, if they have the Rock. If they don't have the Rock, maybe you do Punk versus Roman. You still give the title to Cody. Punk shows up in Mania. Uh, there's a lot you could. I mean, there's a lot. There's a whole lot of shit you could do with Roman, I guess. A lot of shit you can do with Cody too. And you could have like Rock start it here and there, but doesn't have to like come out a shit ton leading up to it. It's just the night that it's supposed to be Roman and Cody. They have their match. The Rock fucking causes it like you're saying. And then afterwards, Roman, fu- maybe, dude, do the first time where someone cuts a promo at the end of Mania, like, no, no, this ain't ending like this. I'm taking out my cousin tomorrow night. I want a match. I mean, then you have even more of a reason for people to, to watch the second night uh, that might have not watched the first night. So that's an idea, I guess. And yeah, the other thing would be the tribal chief of the Yanalai family is. Yeah, the I mean, we still have to have Cody win the rumble to even get to Mania. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's the He'll be one of the only people. What? It's him, Austin who won three, Randy and Sean. Maybe I'm missing one other person that's won two back to back. Ooh, I don't know back-to-back. I thought you just meant multiple, like one multiple. Um, Yeah, because Austin won two back-to-back, and then he lost the next one because of Vince, and then won the one after that. Then Sean won two back-to-back, and I believe Randy won two back-to-back. Or at least he's got two. Um, But Cody could definitely do it, man. He's big enough to be the guy. Wouldn't it be the greatest thing ever if, like, Cody's, like, number one in the Rumble and he makes it all the way to the end and fucking Randy Orton's music hits and he just tosses Cody? And does the oops face <laughs> afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like the idea that Cody's just never going to get that match in Mania. <laughs> just keep it going. You know what's a feud I'd like to run him back with? A, a heel Randy Orton against baby face Seth Rollins. Because honestly, I think it, I think the, the match with the two of them, if I look back at it, at WrestleMania, where Seth lost but ended up cashing at the end of the night, might be one of my favorite Seth Rollins matches of all time. Especially well, with that. It, yeah, it's because of the fucking that RKO. <laughs> Jesus. The stomp RKO finish, but they kill each other the whole entire time. 
Um, well, this, I just don't even know how Randy basically he caught Seth in a like push up position and then jumped off the mat and launched Seth into the air. It just it's still the Baffling. speed of which they did that is just still incredible. Like it's it's nuts. Uh, by, well, by far my favorite RKO. Yeah. And he's had a lot of good ones. But, uh, yeah, that's that was uh, Crown Jewel. Uh, I thought this was a great show. Um, nothing crazy happened. Well, Kari Singh came back, so that's pretty fucking cool. But, you know, nothing too crazy. And my predictions pretty much on almost every single match was correct. That's not always a bad thing. I thought LA Knight looked great in the main event. Against Roman, um, I love that Logan Paul's the new champion for the U.S. and a lot of great stuff set up. So, Chris, what do you think about the pay per view overall? I thought it was a really good pay per view. I love these daytime pay per views; they're a lot of fun to watch. You can day drink, watch the pay per view. Um, lots of good matches. Like, and they gave everyone a good amount of time to work in the ring. I think I could have dealt without the Miz Waller thing, but I get why it was there. Outside of that, I thought that was a really, really good show. The uh, women's five-way was not – if you're going to skip one match, that would probably be the one to, to skip. Yeah, I, I would say that's the weaker one, but it was basically a spot fest with a bunch of hoss-like women. And Nia Jax taking a rollout powder to the outside a million times after she got a big move. Um, <laughs> if you, if you want to get ahead of Botchamania, watch that match and just specifically watch Nia Jax. You'll find out all that. But, yeah, man, good stuff. Good wrestling stuff. Um, I don't know the next pay-per-views that are coming up. What is? Oh, we have Full Gear. What is Full Gear? Let's find out right now. AEW Full Gear. I know, obviously, we're not going to have a WWE one for a couple of weeks because of Survivor Series. And we just had one, so... Uh, one match, uh, one match I'm looking forward to on Full Gear is the Moxley Orange Cassidy match. That's the dude. That I gotta say, they got me a little bit just because of some of the hostility in the uh, the locker room. But when they had that part where Orange Cassidy won his match and was coming back up the ramp and completely shoulder checked the shit out of Mox, and he came back and just started hitting the shit out of him, and they started going back and forth. I was like, oh. But no, that wasn't that was that was a that was a work. Good job though for setting that up. So yeah, it's just I guess it's just because Orange Cassidy seems so non-threatening and Moxley is a wild man, so it was very believable that maybe that was a <laughs> a real thing. I assumed it was a work immediately. Moxley's too professional. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That's <laughs> that's true. So yeah, we got the 18th with full gear. We have the 25th, so obviously Thanksgiving weekend. Should have known that for Survivor Series. Um, is Bound for Glory the one that's coming up soon, or was that the one we just had for Impact? That's the one where they announced. That's the one where they did the Hall of Fame with, uh, God, Mike Tanay, and um, they announced Bound that they were get, moving back to TNA. Yeah, so that was the last big one. So I don't remember the next one, but, you know, some big pay-per-views and whatnot coming up soon. But uh, I think that we gave you guys a pretty long show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. 
and liked uh, our commentary and just talking about stuff in general with this episode. Chris, uh, would you like to say goodbye to all the lovely people out there? Goodbye, all the lovely people out there. If you want to talk to me on Twitter, it's at Chris R. Patton on Facebook and Instagram, Christopher.R.Patton. Well, hells yeah. And I'm Dane Elves, and you can find me at Elves 42 on Twitter or Dane Elves on Instagram and Facebook. Check us out for the next episode. Uh, it will be probably around the next pay-per-view, like I said. So we're moving to full gear on the 18th. So we'll do a preview episode of that, go over some of the stuff leading up to it, any news, and then we'll do a review afterwards for that show. So that's the next time you guys will hear from us. And uh, y'all have a wonderful time. Thank you for listening to Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Peace out.